I am recording. Oh, good thing you said something because I'm not. Now I am. Uh, Skype has been recording this entire time. So you're you mean to Zoom? It. I'm sorry. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. We Zoom. don't talk about Skype anymore. Fair, 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 fair. I don't know her. Welcome to another episode of the MacGuffin Podcast, the movie review podcast that dreams are made of. This is episode 100 of this iteration of the MacGuffin Podcast, and we have guests on this podcast today. Well, first of all, Keith, Keith Foster is back. It seems to be forgotten because he was almost not introduced (laughs) in the episode there. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's been a while so keith foster from san diego california how are you i'm good i'm good uh i've been busy i've i for for anybody who's not been paying attention uh i've been busy doing a production of murder on the orange express at coronado playhouse which uh i didn't realize this when i started it's the san diego premiere of murder on the Orient express so that's kind of fun um yeah, so I've been busy with rehearsals. Rehearsals are done. The show is up. It's going. Uh, more information about that at the end of the show during our plug section. But uh, I have, you know, my regular recording night is available again. So it's it's good to be back. Back here chatting with Cassidy Robinson, recording from an undisclosed location in the Rocky Mountains. Yes, uh, we got a lot to cover today. So Me I'm brevity is the key patrick friend of the show patrick who's been on our show many times and we've been on uh, a couple of his podcasts in the past as well patrick from detroit michigan eastern standard time yes when was i last on summer um black widow i want to say summer spring spring right yeah it's been almost a year Mm -hmm. in that time in that time in that time i've moved house and had a child. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Guess what the name is? I, I think you told me, but oh shoot. Say it again. Uh not Bruce. Clark. 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 Oh, oh my God. First of all, amazing name. Clark Corcoran. <laughs> Thank you. Uh maybe I shouldn't have said your last name. That's okay. No, uh, I, I've too? said I've said it wrong enough. I've said it loud enough times now. It's okay. Okay. All right. Uh I love it. Uh you've got some nice comic book alliteration. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like that name. It's Thank a, you. It, it's a classic name. I think it needs a comeback. So I, I, that was that was the. I did not pick it. My wife picked it, but like everyone assumes I did. Mm-hmm. So it just goes with it. Yeah, I think it's great. I think Clark is more adaptable than Bruce as a name. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you can be a twelve-year-old Clark. I think it's hard to be a twelve-year-old Bruce. Yeah, it's an old band name. Yeah. I cannot imagine. A Bruce without a mustache. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I don't think Bruce Willis has ever had a mustache, but. uh, But he makes up for it in Moxie. Mm. Okay. Yes. Very, very Moxie. Because it is our 100th episode, we are going to be celebrating by reviewing or discussing a great number of feature length Batman films. The ones everyone knows. We talk about Batman so much on this fucking podcast mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, the timing was right. 
uh, The Batman just came out into theaters. So you suggested we rank all of the live action solo Batman movies. So that doesn't include Mask of the Phantasm. It doesn't include Batman v Superman and Justice League and all that bullshit. It's just the live action uh, solo outings. Uh, well, I get okay. Technically, I guess we did skip Batman sixty six, but that's kind of its own thing. And the well, serials, and the serials are not. And the serials, yeah. yeah. And we we're also not doing the Lego Batman either. So th- that's what's why I tried to modern, word it a, a little carefully. <laughs> modern live action solo Batman films. Yes, um, and maybe one day in the future uh, for another episode maybe episode 200 or 150 or something. We'll do all the other Batman movies that are kind of adjacent. Hmm. Um, but I mean, Batman has a long history in film. It's, it's kind of crazy. We're going to be, we're not going to be doing this just with our guts. You know, there's a lot of people out there ranking Batman movies right now. There's plenty of listicles you can read that hmm. try to just uh, go with personal favorites or however, we're going to be doing this as scientifically as possible. We're using math. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you emailed us a, a guideline, a rubric uh, for, you know, ranking these Batman movies. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we all have spreadsheets. There's several categories that we're, we are ranking individually. Don't and then- tune off. This will be fun. I know we said math and spreadsheets. <laughs> but like, I guarantee this will be really fun. Everybody. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, I mean, we, it was very simple, a rubric, but the, the goal is to just be as, you know, as objective about a very subjective subject. Mm, well said. Right. And of course, personal opinion comes into how we rank each of these categories. So Absolutely. that's where that's where it comes in. And then at the end of the podcast, uh, before we tally everything up, we will be talking officially about uh, Matt Reeves. The Batman, which came out a couple weeks ago, I believe it's still doing gangbusters in the mm. theaters as well as anything does in uh, the modern day. But uh, so we'll, you know, we'll kind of talk about that movie or talk around that movie. And um, then after we rank that, we'll add that into our ranking system. So this is editing Cassidy here. I just wanted to give everyone the heads up and tell you that if you wish to just fast forward through our uh, big bat stravaganza ranking where we go through all of the older Batman movies and you just want to get to the Batman review, go ahead and skip to the two hour and eight minute mark and you can just listen to all three of us talk about Matt Reeves' The Batman And then from there, I highly suggest going back and listening to how we decided we were going to rank all these movies. Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start here with Batman 1989, Tim Burton. The way I have it set up here is Keith and then me and then Patrick. So Keith, we will go through your uh, rankings first. And the categories are, so the categories are the Batman-Bruce Wayne dichotomy. How well do the characters, how well are they uh, presented in the movie? Does the duality mean anything to the story? Because I think that's a big part of what the character is, personally. 
mm-hmm. the villains you know be interpreted a few ways like do you like the casting do you like the choice of the villains do you like the portrayal etc i mean I, uh, yeah i included that all into my considerations for sure plot slash story you know the screenplay stuff how does it work on the page whether or not the execution works as a script you know can brendan small and his friends go in their backyard and make it work <laughs> yeah um the production design slash art direction you know how does the movie look uh the action scenes and set pieces and then the nerdy stuff the suit the batmobile and my final category here and i was very surprised neither of you asked me to clarify this because it's a little vague no i understood right away the special sauce mm-hmm. the stuff that's unquantifiable mm-hmm. you know Maybe you can't exactly put your finger on it. It could be nostalgia. It could be the zeitgeist. It could be this or that, or, you know, the time you, you saw it with your friends and, you know, but where do, yeah, I think that plays into the enjoyment of really any movie, um, but particularly genre and particularly Batman movies. Yeah, for sure. So Keith, uh, we'll start with you. The Batman-Bruce Wayne dichotomy in 1989's Batman. Do, what did you do give you it? want me to kind of explain my thinking with any of these or just like give you the bare fucking numbers? If it's noteworthy or you feel like you have to argue it, uh, then feel free. But if it's uh, self-explanatory, you can just move on. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So for the Batman-Bruce dichotomy, I give this one a six. Um, okay. I I think there's... Yeah, I think there's some good, you know, this movie is kind of what introduced modern audiences to Batman, right? And and we get enough of his backstory, but I think certain portrayals could have been better. Um, you know, I think Michael Keaton's a great Batman. I don't know how he is as a Bruce Wayne. He's still very Michael Keaton. Um, the villains, uh, I give this one a seven. I think, you know, Jack, you know, it's a strong number. Uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker was, uh, you know, it, it considered the standard for a while. The plot story, that stuff. I give this one a six. I think this is a little weaker than some of the other Batman showings. Um, I think there's some very like quotable moments, but if you like break down the actual story of what happens, there's kind of a lot of uh, filler in this one. Um, and a lot of the actual plot breaks down to this weird PR campaign for for <laughs> Batman and the Joker, uh, yeah, like true. kind of vying for uh, the the rest of, of the city, yeah, yeah, of Gotham and Vicky Vale. And I think the story there's is kind of one of the weaker things of this movie. Production design, art direction, this gets a fucking nine for me. Uh, Tim Burton and Batman. You know, there's some stuff that's kind of dated, but I think, you know, this movie kind of set the standard for what modern Batman would become. It, it kind of set the template for the animated series. It, it just it sort of defined what modern Batman is. Uh, the action scene set pieces, the action of this, I think, is a little dated. Uh, but there's a lot of very memorable set pieces, I think. So I give this one an eight. Um, the suit, this this is hard for me because um, the 89 bat suit is a little chonky. 
Um, he can't turn his head. That rubber is like an inch thick. Um, he's a little awkward, but it looks good when he's standing still. It looks good when he's floating down from the sky. And again, it sort of redefined the look of Batman as, as this dark, mysterious character. Gone is the blue and gray of the comics. Um, you know, now it's black rubber with the iconic emblem. So the suit I'm giving a seven. Um, the Batmobile, I'm giving an eight. Uh, you know, this was kind of what defined the Batmobile for me for a long time. And overall, like just the special sauce, I give this an, an eight. I think, uh, you know, this redefined what superhero movies could be this set the the fucking gold standard for a solid decade uh if not more um so mm -hmm. you know the zeitgeist was with this movie there is something special about the 89 batman uh that kind of makes up you know maybe some of the the in retrospect what we would call flaws sure um your scores are very similar to mine a lot of your reasoning as well um, that'll probably be the case for a lot of these because we're the same age. Um, yeah, and I, I think we have similar uh, expectations from uh, what we want from a Batman movie, right? Um, and we'll we'll see where Patrick comes into this because he was, I think he was reading the comics already before even this movie came out, right? Uh, actually, just about the same time, he's seven or eight years old, picking him up for the first time and mm. being very confused as to what I'm seeing is not what is in the comic book <laughs> <laughs> at all. At all, very confused. Right. Um, okay. For me, uh, I also put the Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy at a six. Um, there's things I think work really well about that. I love the idea, you know, the kind of the setup of. Uh, Batman is this sort of mythic figure. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> He's kind of building up, you know, the, the street lore of, of who he is and everything. Uh, I think the, the best stuff as far as Bruce Wayne goes is with uh, uh, Michael Golf as Alfred. Well, I, um, I, I as I'm a foil, I was a little disappointed. There wasn't a, an, Alfred an Alfred category. Yeah. I mean, we, I could have added like 12 more categories, but I know, you know. <laughs> there's enough. Uh, I <laughs> okay, kind of okay. fold that one into the Bruce Wayne uh, Batman dichotomy. Okay. And I think that uh, Alfred as a foil helps to unketonize the character a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the villain, I actually, I mean, Jack Nicholson, of course, is uh, the only villain. I think this is the last Batman movie with one villain. Mm -hmm. uh, first and last. Um and I put it at a nine. I, it, it is not like, you know, my favorite portrayal of the Joker in all of these films, but uh, it's really damn good. And it's I mean, if you think about that time period mm -hmm. and, you, there, you know, there's all this talk out there about how Robin Williams almost played him, but he wasn't sure if he wanted to do a villain at that time because he was doing more like kid friendly stuff and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I can't imagine if you have an age appropriate Jack Nicholson going with anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what I accounted in my ranking was like, I, I rewatched all of these except uh, Batman returns, which I watch semi-annually right. um, around Christmas time or, or um, I, I think I was 
kind of contextualizing it with time. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I think he balances the comedy with, with the actual like violent psychopathy really well um, for screenplay. I give it a seven. I'm probably being a little generous um, <laughs> as far as that goes. I do think it is a little messy, but it also has a lot of heavy lifting to do because it has to introduce everything mm-hmm. it has to reintroduce everything because the batman that most people were most familiar with at this time or you know the average audience was the 60s batman which is a very different take it's juggling a lot um and it kind of skims the surface on pretty much everything uh just to be able to get batman to go mono a mono with the joker but i think the you know the central theme of like you know these two sort of winning over the city or who's going to win the city uh, I think that still basically works. Vicky Vale is nothing but a writing writing device, and it's a little annoying in the movie. But I'm going to defend your score. I think maybe I was a little harsh on it <clears throat> um, because I, you know, I noticed a lot more of the flaws this time watching it. But sure. you're right; like it, it, it really recontextualizes everything. And there's some really cool shit too. Like there's yeah. this. A uh, great cold open with these criminals that kind of it establishes a lot and and kind of set again the tone for Batman in my head as a character for the last thirty fucking years. Like uh, just that like first six minute segment, <laughs> you know. So it, right. it, there's some really well scripted out stuff. Um, I, I was I'm a little harsher on plot than I am on the screenplay itself. Yeah, I think story works better than plot here. Yeah. Uh, For the action scenes and set pieces, I give it a five. That's probably, that is my lowest score for this movie. Um, Yeah, the set pieces are okay. They're nice. And like you, you remember certain things like that, you know, the, the, the fight on the roof at the beginning or the, or the art museum scene or the bell tower scene, you remember them and they're sort of iconic, but like the actual hand-to-hand combat and the choreography and all of that. And even nowadays, just the, even some of like the grappling hook stuff, none of that really works particularly uh, well anymore. It looks sloppy. There's a lot of camera tricks hiding, you know, the lack of mobility in the suit and, and kind of cheesy choreography. I I don't want to go too far ahead though, because I do believe you skipped uh, production design. Oh, uh, I did production design and art direction. I give an eight. Um, it's 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 great. It's Tim Burton doing what he does best. Um, I think he cleans that up a little bit more in the next one, but I'll get to that when we get there. The suit, I give a seven pretty much for the exact same reasons you said it doesn't fit particularly well. Yeah, this is the first rubber suit superhero thing that we've, you know, been seeing in basically every superhero movie since the fake muscle rubber suit and uh you know the the decision to make him all black and the profile is is striking mm-hmm. batmobile i give an eight uh it's probably still my favorite film batmobile um and for the special sauce i give a seven Very i was i'm a little too young to like fully remember Batmania, like I remember it coming out on VHS and wanting to see it. I mean, it went on for like two years. It went on for yeah. a long time. Yeah, probably three years. To be honest with you, and yeah. this was what I, I want to say. This is like the first movie that had that 
phenomenon of people uh, breaking into the bus, the posters that are inside the mm-hmm. the bus stops and and, and stealing, stealing them. They had to them. keep yeah. replacing them. I mean, like Batman, was so big. It just spilled into Batman Returns. It was so crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. It was. Yeah, it was like a, a continuous stream. And then I think between those two movies is when the animated series was released. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. 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 It was all kind of like a one, two, three punch. Yeah. Uh, Patrick. Were, early 90s were good for Batman. Yes. Uh, so Batman Bruce dichotomy, I give a seven. Uh, you can, we kind of said already, like he's a very good Batman. He's when he's Bruce Wayne, he's Michael Keaton. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes he slips into being zany Michael Keaton. <laughs> the villains, I rated the highest, I think, other than production design. Not just because Jack Nicholson knows he's the Joker and he's going to choose the scenery, but like Jack Palace, uh, Palance, and like mm-hmm. um, all the rest mm. of the, the mooks and stuff. Yeah. Oh, are yeah. Pretty uh, good. I didn't even I didn't even take goons into account. Yeah. And uh, and we rewatched these just before the pandemic, and mm-hmm. and that was something that me and and my wife like commented on was like we love a good goon. Yep. And, and oh. like they're all kind of memorable. Like, oh, it's that guy. He's showing up, right? And I think one gets named. It's like Jack or the guy's name, right? He's you're the only one number one, Bob. Bob, you're my number one, Bob. That's right. Bob. <laughs> Just a pound suppression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then for plot, uh, I think I went with maybe I think Cassidy gave it a seven. Keith might have too. Um, it does just kind of like meander along, and then it's like. Vicky Vale. Oh yeah, she does photos now, and we're gonna do this photo thing with Vicky Vale. <laughs> and then there's this thing. Oh, oh yeah, the commissioner. He's he's still around. Let's go talk to him. It kind of just kind of drifts uh, aimlessly. Uh, production design, like oh, I didn't get a score for either villains or oh, I'm sorry, nine for villains and seven okay. for plot. All right, and then for production, nine as well. Uh, it is. Metropolis Batman. It's like futurist Batman uh, sure. architecture, which is a Batman I like. I think it is a pretty legitimate version of Gotham. Like the Gotham should look like that. Um, it's pretty dirty Gotham, but it's not like desolate Gotham. You can still see, you can still see why people want to live there, right? It's still pretty cool. It's just mm-hmm. dangerous. Uh, action scene set pieces. I gave a seven. I think there's some cool set pieces. Like the the bell tower fight, shooting down the bat wing is really cool still to watch. The art museum heist, I guess in quotations, is cool, but the action's clunky, so it gets a seven. Uh, the suit is total shit. Like the suit, I I was gonna go to five. <laughs> it gets a six. He looks bad. He looked bad in the suit when I first saw it. He looks bad in the suit now. It's very clear. It's just rubber poured over his body. He can't move his neck. Um, the seams come up around his face when he talks and stuff. It's just, it just looks really bad. It looks like something like me and my friends would make. Uh, and it's stuck <laughs> on someone. It looks really, really bad. They like it was. Ugh, it, the fabric would have gone a long way. So six for the suit. Uh, the Batmobile gets a seven. It looks cool. Um, but even as a kid, I was kind of like why does it have fins like that's kind of dumb it's kind of a silly weird thing and it just moves fast it does some kind of cool stuff um but it doesn't do any of the cool batman stuff i want it looks like a batman batmobile but it doesn't do batmobile stuff yeah it's a little impractical yeah uh and then for special sauce i give it a seven uh my special sauce is rated strictly on what does the bat symbol look like typically eat both on his chest and oh, then projected okay. 
And so like it gets a seven because it's it's yellow, which is kind of cool because it's the whole Frank Miller give him a target to shoot. It's not my head um, mm. idea. Um, yeah. And the bat signal's big and, and looks good, but it's also attached to that suit and looks like shit. I I have a lot more to say on bat symbols. Mm. They do they do fluctuate wildly over time, don't they? Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, and personally, I I love a pop of color. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and even though his yeah his suit is black, like we're given this pop of bright contrasting color that for me goes miles. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So Keith and Patrick, 59. I came a couple points lower at 57. And the movie altogether scores at 175. Strong start. Oh, so we're going with an aggregate score, too. All I right. like that. Yeah, I was going to ask if that was going to be it. I, I have a feeling this will be a real valley in terms of scoring here uh, as we yeah. go through. <laughs> this is- um, okay, let's go on. Let's move on to Batman Returns. Uh, also, Tim Burton, 1992. Yeah, this was a big one for me. I, I was uh, very much looking forward to it when it came out. Saw it in the theater, which I did not get to do with the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, got to get excited by the TV ads and all of that stuff. Uh, probably had all the toys before the movie even came out. Yes. Yeah. I think Keith, I let's start again with you. Uh, yeah. So Batman Bruce dichotomy, I gave this one, uh, a seven, you know, it's, it's got similar issues with Keaton as Batman, but I think the Catwoman romance uh, it just works a little bit better to to create that conflict of, you know, do I want Batman or do I want a normal life where I can be with someone who's happy? And, and I think Catwoman is a great foil for the Batman Bruce dichotomy in this movie. Uh, so it, it pushes it up a point for me to seven. Uh, the villains, I'm giving this one a nine. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, is is uh she's so good as catwoman i i don't she's not particularly like comic book accurate <laughs> uh but the performance is just so iconic the costume is so iconic and uh, same with danny devito like you know tim burton he's making it a lot more tim burton's batman even more than the first one mm-hmm. um but to me i i love it it it's just it's its own version of things. And I love that this movie like really leans into that. Um, so I give that a nine. Uh, the plot screenplay, I give this one a seven. Um, I think it has kind of some similar structural issues as uh, the first one does. It, it kind of, again, just boils down to this PR campaign between Batman and Penguin. Uh, so it, you know, similar structure but i think you know getting rid of the vicky vale stuff and the screenplay itself is just funny as hell uh you know we've talked about this on the podcast before Mm -hmm. um it's just really clever uh just a lot of really snappy dialogue um so yeah that one also gets bumped up to a seven for me production design art direction this one's a 10 uh knocked out of the park this is what gotham looks like in my head um we've got the the you know the 
uh, art deco architecture. We've got heavy theme without going with just just short of crossing that line into camp territory. Um, uh, I love that it's set at Christmas time. So, you know, it just it, 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 the art direction for me, you know, it doesn't get much better Batman than this as far as that goes. Uh, action scenes, uh, set pieces. I give this one a seven. I think this is my only score to drop from the first movie. Um, just because we still have a lot of the clunky action, uh, but the set pieces aren't quite as memorable to me in this. You know, there's still some great ones. Uh, you know, we've got the Batman Catwoman fight on the roof. You know, that's really iconic. There's there's definitely some moments, um, but like the circus thugs are a little bit more for, forgettable. They feel a little more, uh, maybe that should have been a, a you know, part of uh, production design. Um, but yeah, the, the action I think is just a little forgettable in this one. Uh, the suit, I give this an eight. Uh, the previous one, I gave a seven. Um, uh, they, they trim the rubber down a little bit. It looks a little more, a little more tactile. Um, it's just, it's a little more believable, um, but it does still have the thick rubber can't move my neck issues. Um, uh, Batmobile, I gave the same score of an eight because it's virtually the same. Yeah. Um, and this one, you get the bat missile, which is the only yeah. difference, but yeah. And, and yeah, but it's to me, it's virtually the same. So I gave it the yeah. same score. Uh, uh, and special sauce, uh, I give this one an eight. You know, it, it, I think Batmania waned a little bit, <laughs> uh, pun not intended. Um, after this, uh, but you know, we were just the perfect age for this movie casting mm. came out. So, um, this is, that's probably my most biased special sauce. Um, but it was just the, you know, the peak of Batman to a little boy. So I give it a solid eight. All right. Um, a lot of our scores similar again, uh, for Batman Bruce dichotomy, I give an eight, um, uh, which is actually, I think, one of the higher scores for this category for me. What you said about having Catwoman as a foil is everything in this movie. Um, I think the idea of, you know, the duality of character is, I mean, is a major theme that runs throughout the entire movie. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's that line. There's I think I said this on Twitter or something recently, but that scene at the fireplace um, with Michelle Pfeiffer and Bruce Wayne, I think is like probably the best scene of just pure dialogue in a Batman movie where you totally understand the psychology of both of those characters and why they would naturally connect as people, but why they ultimately can't mm -hmm. because of where their minds uh take it to the next level with their identities and their, you know, their uh, vengeance missions. Villains, I also have at a nine um, for all the reasons you said, a perfectly cast. I used to be a little harsher on the penguin take because he is so grotesque and gross and, <laughs> and, and uh, it's very different from like the sophisticated, like uh gangster character that he's, 
portrayed in all the comics and things like that. Um, and but now understanding the Tim Burton of it all and understanding the the gothic horror quality of the movie, uh, I've come to really appreciate that. And I actually think it's a brilliant performance. The plot and screenplay, I give an eight, even though structurally there's you could you could say this movie's Vicky Vale is maybe the Max Shrek character. Oh yeah. Like he is definitely a writing device to to get all of these characters to interact with each other. And it would be a problem, except for uh Christopher Walken is so fucking good. He's and so, so weird. Yeah. I, <laughs> that he fits in this world. And it's not like Batman you know, the the world of Gotham City isn't full of corrupt politicians and weird, like, you know, you know, weird elitists and stuff anyway. So it makes sense that a character like him would exist just in the same way that we like put up with a Falcone or we put up with a, with a uh, Daggett or whatever from one of those other films. Um, yeah, I mean, they could have named him Falcone and it would have been more comic accurate or whatever, but like, sure. Yeah, he just has such free reign to just be as big as Christopher Walken can be. And it's kind of everybody does. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. that would uh, that would serve to become a problem in later Batman oh, films. Yeah. But in this <laughs> one, um, they are a perfect tightrope between uh, between uh, camp and sort of Baroque theatricality. Um, and it it just kind of works for everybody in this movie, as far as I'm concerned. Um, production design, I also put a 10. This is, you know, yeah, the snowy setting. And then it's a lot more leaning into sort of the German expressionist stuff, which just helps in my in my opinion. I like, you know, sort of the alleys with the with the uh, steaming uh, sewers and all of that stuff from the first one and uh, the, the chemical plant and all that stuff and the greens and purples. But I think this one, it just, just feels more of a piece it has and a little bit more intentional contrast. Yeah. yeah. And they're probably a bigger budget if we're being real action set pieces. I place it the same a seven. Uh, the actual there are there's some better hand to hand combat, specifically with Michelle Pfeiffer. She can move in that thing. Well, mm-hmm. her body double, whoever's doing those backflips, <laughs> um, you know, those fights actually look pretty good, even though Batman can really only stand there with his gloves out. She can do all sorts of stuff around him to make it look like they're fighting. Um, <laughs> and uh, I like the, you know, the stuff with the red triangle circus and and driving the Batmobile through them. And you do get to see more like gadgets and stuff. So um, uh, we'll get to that with with uh, my Batmobile score. But the suit, I give an eight as well for the reasons you stated. It looks more like intentional armor than just a body mold. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a, a style to it. There's like, you know, some very striking contours and and stuff it, it looks good um and it looks much better on a close-up than the first I, suit yeah i also like um uh that this one is isn't um just like totally impenetrable you know like like it shows that where you know, his that, armor stops and starts yeah because yeah, yeah and and i so i think that just it makes it feel just a little more real mm-hmm um batmobile i give an eight uh so it is the same one you do get the bat missile 
scene, I guess. Uh, but it does a little bit more in this movie. Um, and you do get to see more things it can do. It still doesn't look super practical on the roads, but uh, it's a Batmobile. <laughs> the special sauce, I give a 10. I think this movie is like running on special sauce. <laughs> um, it is all sort of ephemeral and and all about atmosphere and weirdness. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick, what about you? Um, I'm pretty uh, in same mind with both of you. I, I gave the same bat Bruce dichotomy. It doesn't change much from one movie to the next movie. So it stays mm. a seven for me. Um, villains, I downgraded them to an eight. I love the the interpretation of both Catwoman and Penguin. Uh, mm-hmm. just in terms of like, I like it when the, the Batman villains, um, get a facelift every, you know, five or six years in the comic books, like their, their origin stories tweaked a little bit and the way they're presented is tweaked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look Gothic is exactly how both of them come off. Uh, this is this thing crawling out of the sewers and this woman with some kind of, uh, mental disorder and split personality that comes out after banging her head is, is so Gothic. Um, I give it an eight because uh i think christopher walken is wasted as not a main villain like edward nigma the riddler or something because he's so whacked out as max shrek they have been great <laughs> as, as a primary antagonist um plot story i bumped that up to an eight as well um just because uh it's got there's a ton of spinning plates here but they all come together like if i said hey the penguin's gonna come out of the sewers He's going to be nasty and dirty and he's going to run for mayor. And when <laughs> that's going to be a plot of the thing, like, like, that's pretty stupid. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And there's a guy named Max Shrek played by Christopher Walken who bonks Catwoman on the head. Uh, and she turns into a super badass Finn Patel. And you're like, oh, well, wait, 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 wait. Then there's going to be some penguins with some rockets on them. You know, like that's going to blow up Gotham at the end, but it all comes together somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, production design it is like i gave that an eight i think it goes down a little bit gotham feels a little smaller uh and more claustrophobic and you kind of lose those wide shots where like you know we're tilted at dutch angles looking at skyscrapers that are mm-hmm. um you know going up to the, end of the sky forever kind of stuff uh we're more on the street level uh action scenes i give an eight when they blow the shit out of uh the christmas market or whatever in the beginning when they fight the clowns that part's great Catwoman coming in with a million flips after blowing everything up. Everything's blowing up in this movie, which I enjoy a lot. <laughs> a movie. Um, the suit's a little better. I give it a seven. So that goes from a six to a seven from movie to movie. Um, Cassie, you're with all my scores so far, right? Yeah. Okay. And then Batmobile is an eight. Just for the same thing mentioned, it's got more stuff going on. It shoots rockets. It's got the armor that comes out at different times. It looks a little smoother on the road. Not much better, a little smoother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Again, I'm sticking with it. The special sauce is the suit. The suit is, uh, I'm sorry. The special sauce is the symbol. The symbol is not changed in this one. So it stays a seven. It stays a seven <laughs> from, from movie to movie. I, I appreciate your commitment to Thank that. you. Thank you. It stays the whole way through. The whole way through. <laughs> okay. So for Batman Returns, Keith gave that a 64. I have it at 68. Patrick has it at 61 and the overall score is 193. Okay. It's right. tough one to beat. Yeah. Uh, Batman Forever changing directors. Out goes Tim Burton. In comes Joel Schumacher to lighten things up a little bit. The kids got a little too scared of the penguin 
<laughs> and him, you know, spewing oh, so black vomit. Rapey. Yeah, <laughs> so scary. <laughs> Drowning <laughs> babies in yeah, sewer yeah, water, yeah. and um, I mean, yeah. I was I was here for it, but apparently other kids were not, yeah. uh, or at least that's what the perception was because it made ever so slightly tinier amount of of profit than the uh, than the uh, uh, first Batman movie. But this is the middle of the '90s. Uh, big alternative rock soundtrack. Everything's neon. Um, oh man! Keith. If if soundtrack had been you know a, a factor, this one might have done a little bit better. There's a so, huge dip after the '90s, though, because the soundtrack era is just over now. Mm-hmm, but yeah, so unfortunately, I could not include that as a category. But. I, hey, you could you could you know we could talk about score too, just the musicality. Yeah. I guess I could be part of um, <laughs> uh, production design. I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all of my scoring is based off of the very recent rewatch I did. Um, and, and, you know, so uh, I was, I was trying to not view this one through nostalgia as much as possible. So mm-hmm. it, it might be a little brutal here. Uh, the Batman Bruce dichotomy. I'm, I'm giving this a three. The, the, the script tries to make it a thing, um, but it's so clunky um, you know, we're, we're reintroduced to basically another Vicki Vale type, mm-hmm. um, uh, with Nicole Kidman as Chase Meridian, um, that <laughs> just kind of tries to retread this very familiar material that just for the most part doesn't work for me because it's, it's so batshit insane. Uh, uh, but it, it, they try to kind of twist it on its head a little bit because she's in love with Batman, not Bruce. So whatever. <laughs> uh, I mostly comes down. To, I just don't think Val Kilmer is a great Batman or Bruce Wayne. Um, I kind of feel like he's sleepwalking through this a little bit. Mm. Um, his, his performance isn't particularly inspired. The only kind of new information that we're given is robin right um which could work but you know the robin that we got is just such a 90s poster boy that it, it just it did not really play is this the one me. he skateboards or is it the next one uh that uh, where he surfs through the surfs, sky oh, that's, that's right. the next one yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i gave this one a three um it just doesn't really work for me the villains I'm giving this a four um, again, you know, at the time I first saw it, it, it was Jim Carrey at the height of his popularity. Yeah. Um, but it, it it was just kind of an ill fit for the Riddler. He, he's kind of doing a, a Frank Gorshin on uh, methamphetamines <laughs> kind of thing yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but I think that works better than, Tommy Lee Jones, Two Face, who is basically just reduced to to cackling in the background. Uh, I, I think honestly, Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face really is what drags the villain score down for me um, because he's he's just insane. He's just he's just <laughs> like through the whole fucking movie. <laughs> That's, a uh, right. That's a very good interpretation of it. <laughs> They just like it, one of the the you know I think Batman villains with the most duality with the most ethos, and he's just reduced to just you know general thug yeah. gangster terrorist. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Who's kind of crazy. It, yeah. So I, my villains, uh, they're not great in this. The plot, the story, the screenplay, that's a four for me. Um, right out of the gate, this movie is batshit insane. It's, it's just immediately there you know there's a new villain two-face he's robbing banks like yeah <laughs> i think there's some interesting stuff with edward nigma as a business competitor for bruce wayne mm-hmm. that almost becomes interesting but it's too late it's too you know it, it, it's just too far down this rabbit hole to really elevate this material at all uh the production design i'm giving this a 4 uh, you, you know, we, we've got some of the art deco Gotham stuff, but again, it just gets dragged down with this neon nonsense that, that it, it we're, we've crossed the line into, this doesn't feel like a real city anymore. Now mm-hmm. it feels like a, a, you know, set design for a stage musical because there's yeah. just like twirling gobo spotlights everywhere mm-hmm. for some reason. <laughs> um yeah uh the action scenes uh, i'm giving this a three like somehow the action got worse to me Mm -hmm. um because again there's there's just it doesn't feel like there's any stakes to anything it it just feels like we're floating in this 90s excess uh ephemera uh the suit uh this is a four um we we've lost the color contrast of the the you know, bright neon yellow bat logo, and it gets marked down for introduction of the bat nipples. Mm. Um, and and this suit in particular is just like kind of this dark gray. It, it, you know, it's not as bold or stark contrast as the totally black Tim Burton. Um, it, it's just kind of blah. Well, you get uh, two costumes. Yeah, yeah this because this in, uh, in Robin, it's a whole new costume, right? Oh no, no, no! In Batman and Robin, you get two sets no, as no, well. No, no. But when he becomes Batman and Robin, we get a new suit. Right, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the, I mean, Joel Schumacher likes his costume changes. Um, and at the beginning, the one is, you know, it's, I would say in line with what the Burton movies were doing. Yeah, it's the boring with some additions. The, the Tim Burton. It's yeah. more just black has the yellow symbol and all of that. And no, then the one at the end, symbol, does it? Yeah, it, it's kind of gold. It's yeah. like chrome. Yeah, the one at the end, yeah. like it's all like chrome and golden and like futuristic or something looking. Yeah, at and the end, everything's kind of like uh, spray painted on. Yeah, like a matte yeah. finish. Uh, um, I don't know. He looks like a like it's like somebody used. Well, it, uh, like car it, spray paint on them or yeah, something. It, it just draws to me. It draws attention to how rubber the suits are. Yeah. Uh, and there's know, all which, sorts of weird piping and like fake muscle and stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. And like the weird thing on the ears. I just I don't like it. I don't like those suits. So that's a four. Um, the Batmobile is also a four. Um, uh, you were. It just doesn't have the cool factor of the previous Batmobile. It's just it's kind of interesting. Like the bat fins in the back are, you know, a lot sleeker and a lot, um, but like the weird neon engine is just dumb <laughs> to me. Uh, so special sauce. I'm giving this a two. Um, just wow. because it, 
it, it's got a little bit of fun with the, you know, just the campiness of it. I did not care for this upon rewatch. Um, uh, the special sauce it's got is just because I uh, of the age I saw it and sure. Jim Carrey, you know, being a superstar, but it doesn't necessarily translate to Batman to me. This is a great movie to watch high. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm a little bit more forgiving. Actually, I would say significantly more. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of like come full circle, I think, on this movie because there was when it first came out, I was a little kid and, you know, was just amazed at the idea of moving pictures. <laughs> and when I and, you know, that, you know, Batman and toys and, you know, all that stuff. And then when I got older and into the, the comics a little bit and into the cartoon and all that stuff, then I was like, this isn't true, Batman. Fuck this movie. And now I'm like kind of a little more centered on it. Um, mm-hmm. My Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy, I give a six, actually. Um, the attempt is there. It doesn't I'm not going to say that it like fully works, but I think sure. there's about as much of an attempt to create that duality and 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 we this is the first one that really goes into wayne industries as a thing you know the research and development and and uh and you know him as a a a figure in the city and you know being seen publicly and all that you read my notes that's that's literally what i have like the says (laughs) finally wayne industries next to (laughs) category right i mean everything that doesn't work about this is pretty much val kilmer's fault Mm -hmm. um because he just does not care (laughs) like he he cannot be bothered to care hey Um, you're reading lines to you what do you want Right. I mean, if you've ever heard stories of, of Val. Val Kilmer from yeah. this period, he pretty much was uh, inconsolable if he didn't care about the project, which was most of the time. Um, <laughs> the villains, I give a five. Yeah, I mean, it, they are obnoxious and uh, bad portrayals. Um, most of these points are going to Jim Carrey, not Tommy Lee Jones. I actually think, you know, and this is the next category, the screenplay the screenplay would work a whole lot more if you just cut out two face. Mm. Yeah. It would, it would, it would cinch up things. It would let things breathe a little bit more. Um, you know, the, the, the plot stuff that uh, they're, they're going for with Robin and things could, could integrate better. Um, Man. It just, Tommy Lee but, Jones is exhausting in this movie. Ah, right. <laughs> I just laughing all the time. You're right. Just laughs right. constantly. I mean, you do get sugar and spice, which is fun, but, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, but you, you know what? They almost bumped my uh, production design score up a full point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, things like sugar and spice, I, I kind of factor into special sauce production design, art direction. I give a six. It's a take. It's a look. I mean, the movie certainly does not look like any other movie um, for better or worse. It is basically um, the Cirque du Soleil version of Batman. And I would love to see a production of this like on stage. I, you know, I I forget Spider-Man turn off the dark. Give me a Batman stage (laughs) musical, because if Warner Brothers was cool enough about it, like I, I think it would absolutely work, but, um, or like the, uh, you know, like the, um, the water world 
attraction in absolutely is in Hollywood. In uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's very similar to that's what, it feels more like that than a movie most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of dumb stuff in here. Everything's neon, but like I said, it it did a good job at differentiating itself from the Burton style. Maybe not always for the best reasons, but uh, action pieces or action scenes and set pieces, I give a five. You know, they mostly don't work, uh, but I think this leans a little bit heavier more on the set piece than the actual action itself. The action is a little is a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you compare. Um, you know, what's going on in Batman 89, where where uh, uh, Keaton is just standing there with his gloves out and people are doing karate kicks around him to this movie where you at least get that big, you know, bank heist at the beginning. And, there, and there's helicopters, always helicopters. <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the big uh, boat ride at the end, it, it there's a lot of things to make it look like there's more action than there actually is but the suit maybe this is a little too forgiving i gave it a seven oh because i God. think whoa, whoa. Yeah. guess he lost his mind uh, no no it's, <laughs> i mean that's your score but yeah it's true it's true all right here's here's the thing i think the black one at the beginning is fine i, oh, think people, I like that one too that's why i, marked, I think people I down so harshly <laughs> I think people are way too like caught up on the bat nipple thing, even as a kid, because I used to like check out those National Geographic books, like the, you know, mm-hmm. the big hardcover ones that are almost all pictures. I used to check those out and I used to look at like the, the ancient Greece ones and the Roman ones. I understood that the, the attempt was to make it look like Roman body armor. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, get, I, I get it, too. I get um, that. And I, everybody freaked the fuck out about bat nipples. And that's all you hear about today. But I was fine with that. He looks just as good in this suit as, as Keaton did in the, in the other two. Um, and just as bad as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, the one at the end, I'm not as thrilled on, but I get it. Like it's the end of the movie. It's the, you know, uh, Schumacher wants to give everyone a costume change, make everyone shiny and chrome and and glittery. And it's uh, it's part of what the movie is. I I almost bumped this up a a point on my score just because I do. I actually did like their take on Robin's costume. Um, I mean, it is what it is, right? Like you're like they pretty much determined at the beginning of the series that everyone's going to be in thick rubber. Yeah. So I guess we just do that, but with red and green. <laughs> um, Batmobile, I give a five. Um, it is completely impractical and ridiculous, but it was a cool toy. Mm. <laughs> it was enough. a cool toy to have. And you had the button on it that made it light up underneath the thing. And yeah, I mean, it's the whole movie is, is a reason to sell toys. Um yeah, I need. To, I mean, the Schumacher embraced that. That's true. The whole movie yeah. is very toyetic. Yeah, that was the whole purpose of of both this and the next one. Uh, special sauce, I give a seven. I'm counting soundtrack in heavy on that seven because it is one of the best soundtracks of the '90s. That's a good. Point. And and just the t- yeah nostalgia. Obviously, the you know Jim Carrey mania that was going on around that time. It was a huge movie that summer that it came out. You know, everybody can, you know, with sober eyes, look at it now and realize it's not a very good movie. But you can't tell me you weren't pumped in what was this? 1995? 96? 
I think 95 because uh, Batman and Robin came out in 97. Yeah. Okay. You're, you know what? I, you've convinced me. I was being a little, the McDonald's uh, frosted mugs oh, you could shit. buy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Patrick. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to hear what, what you say about these, uh, very, these, later very, too. these uh, there's a real valley here these next oh, three are gonna be wild swings so batman forever the batman bruce dichotomy i give a six i think there is i don't think he's a terrible bruce wayne to be totally honest with you and like going to like corporate bruce wayne feels pretty good in this one like that's a little bit of bruce wayne i like to see mm-hmm. he's an awful batman he's he's awful as batman he's just so yeah. robotic batman the villains for like they're just they're they're so uneven everything else is okay so six four 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 all that stuff's lumped in together the villains the plot the production the action scenes it's just this malaise of neon and (laughs) yelling and people fumbling around and then new characters being introduced and Mm. like just you know saying catchphrases a bunch i know why because they're selling toys um all of it just ear curdling score that is screaming in the background of every scene i I rewatched this two weeks ago yeah there it is there's there's (laughs) that um like you said i I, I there's for some reason I, I it's neon it's it's like a future ba- Gotham city that Batman lives in mm-hmm. and these shitty helicopters are flying everywhere all the time including the ending is like this big clunky helicopter scene where like oh man the bat the bat wings can do some cool stuff nope it's just a helicopter floating around gonna get blown up it's just so <laughs> goofy it's just it's just all that stuff goes together so six. Four, 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 right down the line until we get to the suit. The suit, I give a five, not because the bat nipples, um, because the cowl looks a little better. Like it fits the Velcomer's head a little bit. The ears yeah, are a little longer. I like the the ear length, very, you know, superficial things. But when everything else <laughs> is like four before that, like that drives the film, I just end up staring at the suit. I'm like, that's a pretty good suit. Um, Batmobile, also a four, terrible like the 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 engines (laughs) the engines like neon it's round it looks like a barrel it's see-through it makes no sense (laughs) no sense uh and then four for special sauce it is not a terrible bat symbol uh but does not get used much and then it looks good on the first suit and the second suit it like i don't know it gets like squished up and like this weird different design and yeah it stretches across his his whole chest yeah well then we'll we'll come to that for batman begins too i have a problem with that too uh (laughs) where it's like you know goes armpit to armpit but it it gets weird so um six four 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 five four four all right all right so we um we were actually pretty closer i think so you and i were pretty close yeah yeah, i I was the most forgiving for this movie uh out of all of us now i did I read an article a long time ago um, uh, by a film critic, uh, William Bibiani. He did a, uh, a way to watch both uh, Batman Forever and Batman mm. and Robin that um, fixes the headcanon a little mm. bit. He says, if you imagine that in, so in Batman 
uh, returns, there's all this talk about how the city's losing money mm-hmm. and that um, Max Shrek wants to go in and like steal all this energy from a power plant or whatever the fuck his evil genius plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they're looking, you know, uh, they're, they're in some sort of like economic downturn that the only way that the city could fix itself was to legalize gambling and become Las Vegas. And that's why they're robbing casinos in Batman forever and why everything looks like Las Vegas, basically. And that's that's a way you can fix why the movies are so tonally and visually different. I don't know if that totally works, though, because in (laughs) the in Batman 89, aren't they doing like a casino night at Bruce Wayne's? They do. Right, so it's 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 like it's like a guess, charity guess gambling. Yeah, it's a different it's like, thing. It, there's like a casino on every block in Gotham now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where whereas, I, yeah, that was just like a couple roulette tables and stuff just for charity and whatever. Was I just going on. can't view them as being the same. Universe. No, I know. I mean, obviously, this is all you're you're playing headcanon games um, to to make a, a square peg fit in a round hole. But I thought it was a compelling enough argument. I, um, I mean, I think it's a, an interesting read on it for sure. But yeah. Uh, OK, Batman and Robin. All right. Let's get uh, into this. <laughs> it came out a couple of years later, um, despite the fact that the reputation of Batman Forever is um, middling to low now. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually made more money than be- both Batman and Batman. I could see that. Or sure. Batman Returns. And so they kept the template that was set by Schumacher and kept him and um, writer Akiva Goldsman to do the next one. And they said, just do that again, please. And then uh, they did. Um, and if if Batman Returns is, is uh, Tim Burton unshackled, this is <laughs> Schumacher. Oh my God. Unshackled. And there was a point in time when I used to be had a hard time with Joel Schumacher as a director, but I've come to appreciate him as a director, not because of, but in spite of Batman and Robin, because mm-hmm. um, he had a lot of good movies on the edges of his Batman work. Mm-hmm. As a filmmaker, you should go back and look at like Flatliners or obviously the lost boys everyone loves the lost boys well, or... tiger land's a great movie yeah oh, that was one of the more recent ones wasn't it yeah yeah uh phone booth is is a fun like hitchcockian little deal and and like you said uh about batman forever right like mm-hmm. he, he at least has a vision it's just a vision that you know in retrospect isn't cool <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh you know it, it was definitely but there is a history of of campy, crazy nonsense with Batman. So it, it's not like, you know, it just came out of nowhere. It it just, it's not, I think, you know, us, a generation who grew up with the Tim Burton Batman uh, right. and, and the, you know, the Batman animated series that took, you know, what could be children's material and treated it very seriously and with respect you know he he didn't and that's fine it, it, yeah. and it's okay if you don't like that but that doesn't mean you know he's a terrible director he just made choices that that weren't necessarily popular keith 
go ahead and start us off. Yeah, I say that as I'm about to tear to, this movie a fucking new asshole. Right. <laughs> uh, the Batman-Bruce dichotomy, I give a one. It's like non-existent in this. Right. Nobody gives a shit who Batman is. Uh, like, it just, it's non-existent. Um, whatever they did with, you know, Robin as a foil is just, there's nothing here <laughs> for the Batman-Bruce Wayne dichotomy. Um, there's basically no reason for him to even be Bruce Wayne in this movie, mm -hmm. except to be sad about uh, Alfred. So the only reason it even got one point was that they, you know, there, there's at least kind of this circling of an attempt to uh, pay off um, Alfred a little bit as a character, but damn, is it chunky. Um, the villains getting a one. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I think Uma Thurman as a choice for Poison Ivy is not terrible. Mm -hmm. Um her performance is so broad. Mm. It is so camp that she is, she ends up like going in and out of this weird mid Atlantic accent mm -hmm. where like half the time she's like, Bane, honey, dear, you know, get me a martini <laughs> and the Batman's head. And then other times it's just like not there at all. It's so weird. It is such a weird performance. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. You know, they. I don't. The script did not do him any favors. Mm -hmm. um, but he's just this big chunky Robo man. That and that leads nicely into uh, you know plot, story, screenplay. A one. Like there is <laughs> nothing going on here except like how many puns can we fit in per minute. And that's the reason it got a one instead of a zero is at least they're, you know, going for something, I guess. Uh, but man, the puns, the puns, the puns. <laughs> uh, production design, art direction. This gets a three for me because it to me, it's actually very much on the same playing field as Batman Forever. Um you know, we're still trapped in this neon nightmare, uh, uh, but it it's consistent, at least, I guess. Um, I don't know. This movie is fucking crazy. Um, the action scenes, this also went down for me because uh, just because of the sheer Foley factor. Mm. Uh, so we've got these like crazy staged out, you know, like set pieces in this natural history museum but then like you know they'll knock over a vase and we get a mm -hmm. <laughs> like th there couldn't be any action without like some kind of a literal cartoon sound effect uh of you know like somebody falling down like it's ridiculous um so it, it even loses what the action had going for it in in batman forever um it's just this weird it's a it's a choreographed it's it's musical without music um mm -hmm. these are dance numbers these aren't action scenes i'm uh, sorry what did you give that again a one uh so far it's one 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 three one uh the suit i'm giving a three 
Um, it's basically the same as the previous movie. Uh, it just went down a peg because there's, there's the introduction of the ice suit uh, at the end with the fucking the the steel blue and the silver just looks so cheesy. Um, but I actually did give this one a little bit of credit. Uh, the, the only thing that kept this from going down even more was the the Robin suit with the the like kind of red Nightwing icon is kind of cool, and they fixed his mask. Um, so I, I think they made his suit look better, um, whereas all the bat suits looked worse. And and then of course at the end he gets a shitty ice suit, and then you've mm-hmm. got the terrible uh, Batgirl ice suit. Which uh, man, this movie is wild. Uh, <laughs> it is just throwing everything at the wall. Um, the Batmobile, I, I'm giving a two, uh, because it, it looks like the Batmobile from the previous movie, but worse, it's somehow more neon, <laughs> uh, they, they've added extra lights to it. Uh, and the special sauce, I'm giving this a two just because this movie is amazing. If you're high, um, it's a lot of fun, but man, this movie is wears out its welcome. If it had been 20 minutes shorter, uh, this could be a lot of fun. But by the end, I'm so bored uh, that even the the -the over-the-top camp factor can't save it. Batman and Robin and The Dark Knight Rises were the only two I revisited before doing this episode because Mm. I just... I hadn't seen Batman and Robin in a while, though I had seen it a few times as a kid. Um, Coward. I rewatched them all. And then, oh, I mean, there's some of them I revisit frequently, but yeah, yeah. So I'm good. But uh, those two, I felt I needed refreshers. But yeah, I mean, when I watched this one, it was worse than I remembered. (laughs) It was, I mean, and I was going in with low expectations. And it was still somehow even worse than I remembered. And I still came I, away with uh, higher scores than you did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like maybe you should have rewatched Batman Forever because watching them back to get back, mm-hmm. they are more similar than than you realize. Like, no, I know. I mean, believe me, I know. I I <laughs> I worked in a video store for four and a half years. I watched Batman Forever quite often, um, but. Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy. I give it to it's pretty much non-existent. That too, it only is uh going towards the nod to the deal with with Alfred and the father figure stuff. They're I, I don't even want to say trying, it is a bare minimum effort on a yeah. screenplay level, but it's there. Um <laughs> it's the only thing in the movie that isn't about giant ridiculous set pieces and campy one-liners um it's not done well but it is there and i guess you could say there's there's kind of something with with the batman and robin like fighting over the same girl i don't know Mm. i mean uh uh, george clooney is by far the worst person to put on the cowl fucking um yeah he cannot be i mean he's he doesn't seem like he's sleepwalking. He doesn't seem like so. He's no movie he's in. Yeah, yeah. He looks. He looks like he is constantly asking between every take 
So what is this scene about? Yeah, we're, we're, more like <laughs> wait, wait, who's Batman? What's what now? Who, who, what's going on? What's what's a Gotham? I feel like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a exactly. lot of that. I mean, yeah, it, not as stoic as Val Kilmer, but I think even that worked better well, than because he's trying. It's even worse because he's trying. Right. Whereas here, George Clooney's just like, I don't know. I got to do ER in a half an hour. Yeah. I'll just shoot this <laughs> damn thing. Yep. Um, villains, I give a three and I'm giving these points almost entirely to Uma Thurman. I think she's the only person who knows what movie this is. Yes, um, I agree with you. Uh, this is a this is uh, I think she understands the assignment. She also understands. This is basically a drag show and she's playing it as a drag character. And yeah, and, and if it's viewed from that lens, it it, ele- it elevates all of this movie. Like that's what yeah. I mean. This movie's so campy that if you're just watching it's like, you know, it's like cats level uh, uh, of like if you're watching it with a group of friends to be rowdy, like to make fun it, of it. Yeah. If yeah, you're watching it, it ironically, yeah. I mean, I that, I I went in with the intention of like, let's just watch it on a camp factor. And even then I was like, this is still just not fun for me. <laughs> um, but I thought, I, I think she's, she's kind of trying to tap into that like sixties Batman Bampy thing in a way that nobody else really does effectively. Um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think he can be good in movies, but he definitely has to be utilized correctly because he's mm-hmm. not a good actor in and of itself. So yeah. It's a little difficult to tell when he's bad on purpose and just bad. Well, when you have him, you know, the dialogue is just pure nonsense. And a lot of it is meant to be funny, but he's not he's not a comedic actor. So it just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. No, not at all. I think they were trying to go for like an uh, Otto Preminger thing with the, him you know the austrian accent and all that stuff maybe i'm giving everybody too much credit for that but plot story screenplay i gave it a four i feel like that's too high now but um <laughs> i gave it a four because there was some attempt at again with the alfred thing to tie in to the mr freeze thing there's the heart of ice stuff that as an idea is good. It just has nowhere to breathe in the movie. Um, and, uh, you know, the idea of, of, uh, Batman and Robin both being seduced by, uh, poison Ivy is a good idea for a plot. It just, again, is competing with for screen time in this cluttered clusterfuck. And then the, the, the bat girl thing is ridiculous and should have been out of the movie completely. I also think it's weird how how much um, sexual undertones are in both this and Batman Forever. Like, I don't think that's weird at all. I think that is hundred percent on intentional. Yeah, I think I. I mean, especially if you're looking at like the Adam West Batman movies, which is clearly the inspiration, especially for this one. Yeah. Um, he is tapping into the homoeroticism of it all. And the, and the like I said, the drag show camp of it all. Yeah. And I, he's bringing that. He's, he's kind of like queering the material on purpose, I think. Uh, the action scenes and the set pieces, I give a five. Um, the one at the very beginning that like starts at the starts in the uh museum um it's awful i mean it, it, it's batman on ice literally and then uh ends up in space for some reason 
and then they're you know but it's a it's big it's a lot of spectacle <laughs> i don't know i again I yeah, feel like, maybe that was maybe that was too high that was, <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, i'll tell you uh, like okay I, i'm again this makes it really easy on casty ones and then zero for special sauce but just ones straight down i'll tell you what i'm really excited about marvel is making a moon knight six episode uh series uh, which I would rather talk about for five minutes than whatever I rated this film, uh, which I don't think is going to be very good either. The Moon Knight uh, thing looks bad in the preview. But no, seriously, like um, I've heard all these takes like it, it's, it, oh, it's cabaret. It's a drag show. It's like the 60s show. If it is, it's a very bad version of that too. It's, just, it's, just, it's not a yeah. good movie. It's very bad. It's it's clear. Everything has fallen apart here. It's just a cash grab. Um, I, I really, I try to find like a redeeming thing I could, I could pull from it. I couldn't pull anything redeeming from it. It's not good. It's not even one of those movies that I sit and watch and go, oh, I'm going to laugh at how bad this is. It's just so bad. It's just so, you can, so much money's poured into it. It looks so cheap with all that money poured into it. It just looks bad. It, it's, it's just not a good movie. So seven, my score is seven across the board. Just <laughs> Fair seven. enough. Um, I'll finish up mine here. Uh, the sorry, suit. sorry, I interrupted you before you got the end. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't, couldn't even couldn't wait. Say, well, your, your scores are too high. I'm sorry. It, it it's higher than Keith's and yours by a lot. Oh. Um, the suit, I give a five. Uh, it's whatever. It's just foam rubber. It, it is certainly worse, I think, than than either suit in Batman Forever, though, and partly because of Clooney is just so smug and ridiculous looking inside of it. Uh, the Batmobile, I give a four. It's very nondescript. It's my, it's, I, I can't even remember it until I'm watching it. I'm like, what does that one look like? Oh, it's just kind of black and has like this red glowy thing on the front, whatever. And it's the only one that's a, mm. a convertible. Like for some reason, there's no, he's, his head is just hanging out. And special sauce, I give a five entirely for camp. All right. um, wow. It is fun. For some people, oh, wow. not necessarily for me. Oh, I, wow. I think the movie's pretty miserable, but uh, <laughs> no but one's yeah. wrong. Uh, everyone's opinions are valid, but I give yeah. a seven across the board. <laughs> mine was a, mine was literally double your score, Patrick. It was a 14. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was all twos across the board. Right. And mine honestly, was, Keith, I listened to yours. Mine was like twos and I had one three and I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta be lower than that. It's all going to ones. <laughs> well, see, so my score was exactly half of my oh. Batman Forever score, oh. which was 28. So to me, Oof. that's that's appropriate. Yeah. But dreadful. Um, dreadful. Mine was 32. <laughs> which sounds, I know, and I am not a lover of this movie, believe me. Man. I was struggling when I was rewatching it to finish it, really. Uh the score comes to 53. That is um, almost half what we've, or lower than half for most mm. of what we've done before. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to Batman Begins 2004. So there's a good gap between uh, 97 and mm-hmm. 2004. And uh, yeah, Christopher Nolan steps in. Obviously, everyone knows who he is now. Um, mm. At the time, this was his first really big feature. He was mostly kind of controversial. For- Everyone's like, who? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I had heard of Memento and I knew of like um, uh, insomnia and stuff that, you know, these little thrillers he had done, these little like noirs and whatnot. Um, I was, I was interested in the idea of the, of the series kind of going more serious. as I think a lot of people were, Um, but let's see how we, let's see how we really feel. 
um, especially this far away from it, and especially so many more interpretations later. Keith, go ahead and, and walk us through your list. Yeah, um, I actually think I was a lot more forgiving than I was expecting to be. Uh, Batman Bruce Dichotomy, I give this an eight. I think I, I think this might be the the best of of that um in the movies we've seen so far it's you know it's literally his origin and they really play that dichotomy well i think uh the villains i'm gonna give an eight i think um the rajah ghoul turn was really clever and well executed and uh and cillian murphy's take on scarecrow I, i i really liked what they did with them um uh the story um plot theme screenplay again i'm gonna give this one an eight i think this has a a very clear vision of what they want batman to be and i i think it's um you know it's it's a long movie but all of it is kind of supporting this idea of like you know really what would it take for a man to become batman um and all the stuff with the League of Shadows, I think, is really cool. So uh, production design, I'm giving this one a seven. Um, I, I I, mean, you know, we kind of talked about it with the Tim Burton stuff. I do like a, a more um, gothic Gotham. Um, mm. Gotham feels a little too grounded for me, but... Again, all the the stuff of him like learning from the League of Shadows and and all the kind of like uh, Eastern imagery, uh, like that quest, really works for me. Uh, so yeah, that that stuff I think is really cool. But um, and and like stuff at the end with the like you know like the fear gas running rampant in Gotham, and you see Batman turning into like a literal demon is very cool. Um, uh, the action scenes and the set pieces, I'm giving this a nine. I mean, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan knows how to direct a fucking action scene. Uh, it just feels very intense and very, um, yeah, very action focused. Um, it, it's, it's really like reframing the hero uh, for more action. The suit, I'm giving a six. I don't love this suit. Uh, it's a little too again it's a little too black for me um i like a pop of color uh the the logo the bat logo gets almost completely lost in any like full body shot in any you know like it's it's almost a wonder to me that people realized he was batman because you can't see his his bat um right uh emblem uh and the Batmobile, I'm giving a four. I've never liked the Tumblr. I, it's just a tank. It's just kind of boring to me. Um, I don't think it's that cool. The chase scene is cool, uh, but the the tank itself is, I think, kind of sucky. Um, but special sauce, I'm giving this one a seven. Uh, you know, it, again, it revitalized the Bat hype. Everybody was ready for this take on Batman. Um, I just remember being so excited for this movie and, and again, just, just to to have the, the source material kind of treated with respect again was really refreshing and cool. So uh, I'm giving this one a seven. All right. 
Yeah, this is one of your higher scores. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne dichotomy. I mean, this is the whole movie, right? Like that's the whole purpose of the movie is to talk about that and to to show that off um, and uh, create a clear character arc. Um, Christian Bale, uh, which was not, I don't think, anybody's first choice for Bruce Wayne at the time. Uh, but he ended up being great for the part. Um, the villains, I give a six. I really do like the Rachel Ghoul reveal. Um, I think th- that works for the most part. Um, I really like Killian Murphy as a choice for um, for the Scarecrow. I do think he's underutilized, though. And he kind of gets lost in he's kind of more of a script function character than he is an actual full-fledged character. And I wish we'd gotten just a little bit more with him or he had more to do with the story overall, Um, which leads to screenplay story. I give a six as well. I think that first half when he, you know, from the time that he's in training with the league of shadows to when he comes back to Gotham and he establishes himself as Batman in the underworld, all that stuff I think works great. Once you get into the giant microwave stuff, I think the movie kind of falls apart. Um, and I think that the uh, thematically things are still working out okay. Although I, I hate Rachel Dawes as a character. Um, she is one of the worst uh, uses of a character's plot device um, that we've seen in any of these movies. And I, I've always hated how much her character dictates what Bruce does or doesn't do in all three mm-hmm. of these movies, but particularly in this one. Um, yeah, it, it it is interesting how um, she's essentially her, his Jiminy Cricket. Well, and, and just Bruce Wayne, <laughs> he has no actual ethos. It's and, just Rachel Dawes telling him what's right and wrong. Yeah, it's a, a good summary of it. She is that. She's like, just remember, you just can't, you know, you know, destroy and kill everyone. Is that okay? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, at the end, everything kind of converges at this like giant tra- train track that just so happens to go through Wayne Building, and yeah, it, there's a lot of like um, screenplay. Uh, gymnastics going on mm. to make all of this fit together and it, i don't think it, it works all that well also i i think that the movie and i kind of include this in writing is terribly edited mm. um yeah yeah i agree uh but i love that first half uh, if i ever watch that movie it's because i'm excited to watch that first half of that movie um action scene set pieces until the uh giant microwave i think everything works really well um he doesn't, the hand-to-hand combat when he's like with the League of Shadows and all that stuff looks great. Um, you know, the ice fight at the beginning, a really cool set piece. Um, some of the stuff in like the warehouses uh, later on, and this kind of goes into the suit. He's kind of struggling to move around. He's just struggling to make it really look functional or cool. I This is one of my least favorite Batman suits, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh it i don't know there's there's weird contours on it like the cheeks the cheeks are kind of like like pointing out he looks more like owl man than batman yeah, yeah. it also and, like, it kind of gives him like a hunchback yeah it, well it, his like, yeah his cape is all ruffled up like there's that scene when he like shows up on Rachel's stoop or whatever and he doesn't look 
scary or imposing or anything. It's like overlit and it's just like almost kind of comical the way he's like perched looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of that is to do with uh, the look of this particular suit, but I get it. It's, it's spelunking gear. They spray painted hmm. um, Batmobile. I gave a seven. I've never been a big fan of the Tumblr either, but it is the most like tactical, even if it's not road legal or looks like a car and you certainly can't, you know, hide it anywhere. Um, it goes camouflage. Yeah. And he, I mean, he can park it in, you know, that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, once he's driving around, it's like, you can't, I'm driving you can't like Ryan Gosling drive your way out of a situation. <laughs> like you're, you look like you're in a tank in the middle of the, of the street and you're going to be crushing everything in front of you, but it looks like it could physically do that. Um, special sauce. I give a four. Actually, it's maybe one of my lower special sauces. I think the movie kind of lacks aesthetic. It has a feel. And I guess that feel is the Christopher Nolan feel. But as far as the look of Gotham, the look of the production design and the costume and all of that stuff and the way that it all like plays out, it's it's trying a little too hard. It, it seems a little embarrassed to be a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, the movie is almost afraid of attempting aesthetic. So I give my my score for that was a 50 overall. Patrick. So for the Batman Bruce dichotomy, uh, again, all of Batman comes back to the villains and the character is I'm trying not psychologist, but it's all some level of like psychosis. Mm -hmm. Every single character has some kind of psychosis, including Batman. And his is like this grieving that leads to, you know, messianic madness where he's just like, he is going to go on this insane quest to st- you know stomp out crime when you say it out loud it sounds crazy and i'm gonna dress up like a bat and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kill anybody but i'm gonna you know break spines and crack pelvic bones and make people afraid of me uh <laughs> and that's what i'm gonna do and like it captures that like he just like going out to to the far east going to learning from criminals all this stuff's amazing and, like the bruce wayne stuff is like you know he hates going to the boardroom and he just does it it's a that old thing of batman um from the comics i don't know who drew it but like it's bruce wayne staring at the sun going down and mm-hmm. the second the sun goes down he just cancels the meeting in mid-sentence because like batman's way more important than being bruce wayne like that's all captured here uh the villains so that's a 10 10 10 10 10 my only 10 um all right the villains of four raza ghoul is my favorite villain he's completely wasted in this like he goes away for two-thirds of the film mm. it should just be all him like it, there should be no the, the scarecrow is awful in this. I, I'm sorry, Keith. I know you like Silly no, Murphy's that's, take that's on fine. it. I, oh. I think it's real cheesy, super corny. It, it feels like Batman Forever to me. Uh, it doesn't need. I mean, the, the the gas is cool. The effects cool, but like him as a character doesn't need to fit in this. Pulling the mask out of the, the briefcase, testing on the patients is cool and stuff, and is an idea. Um, but it should just be Batman going around feeling good about fighting crime and then boom, the league of assassins slash league of shadows show up and like realize, you know, like all that psychosis from the beginning, you didn't go all the way. No half measures. You got to go crazy. You got to go totally crazy. Batman, like Razo Ghoul crazy. Um, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Uh, and it, it's really disappointing. 
um, which bleeds into the story, which I give a seven to um, just because I feel it's like wasted stuff of like having that plot twist is great at the end uh, where, you know, it comes back obviously. And like all of us is set up to destroy Gotham Gotham's always been destroyed. I love that idea, but like, it just feels like so much stuff's wasted in the last, in the, in the middle part of the movie, the ending is awesome when everything's going to bedlam. Uh, literally when Arkham's you know broken open uh, action Nolan does good action you already mentioned it it's done really well eight for that uh, production design goes in the same thing like Gotham looks great it looks like Gotham that I would think in a modern day also an eight the suit six same thing everyone said here it's just blah it's ugly like the 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 colors look weird the cowl is like smashing his face and also popping his cheeks out at the same time. It looks really strange. Um, he looks uncomfortable in it. Like when he's speaking, uh, he looks weird. <laughs> like it moves, the cowl moves weird on him. Like, oh yeah, that's a guy wearing a mask. That's not Batman. Um, so six for the suit. Tumblr, I give it a seven to. Uh, it does cool stuff as a Batmobile. Um, it does look like a giant Frank Miller style tank. There is some cool parts where like, you know, crazy Batman driving around a tank through, you know, a major metropolitan city. Uh, of course he would, right. Cause he has lots of mm-hmm. fuck off money and, and he's crazy. He would do something like that. Um, but it is like, okay, like where do you hide this giant tank? I'm going to drive it through a waterfall and the Wayne Manor. No one's going to find it. That seems pretty silly. Uh, his face special sauce. I know I said it was the bat signal, right. And, and the emblem on his chest. I took that away. It's uh, it's, it's back to bat psychosis. Like the crazier Batman is in these, in these later movies, the more I'm into it. He's a, he's an eight level crazy in this film. Like in the beginning, super crazy Batman. Uh, and then he kind of like pulls back as like, uh, not, not that crazy guys at the end. Like he's like, I'm, I'm not league of shadows crazy. So I give it an eight. All right. So that means uh, Keith gave it a 57. Ooh, I gave so that. Batman Begins a 50. You gave it a 58, mm-hmm. Patrick. Um, and the overall score for Batman Begins is 165. Respectable. That feels right. Yeah. Respectable. Yeah. yeah. Solid. Um, let's go ahead and move on to The Dark Knight. This, is for a lot of people, is the Batman movie. Mm-hmm. of um, Kind of changed comic book movies, kind of changed the expectations for what they could do both in box office and how serious you can take the material. Um, Certainly one of the darker Batman movies, certainly one of the more violent uh, brings back the Joker, uh, which was a bold move because for a lot of people, it was hard to, to get that Jack Nicholson portrayal out of their head. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Yeah. Uh, Batman Bruce dichotomy. I I'm giving this one a seven. Um, uh, I still think uh, Bale does a good job you know, towing the line between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, But like literally the last movie was all about that. And this one, you just see a little less of it. Um, But I still think he's a a better Bruce Wayne than Batman. Um, So yeah, I'm giving him a seven. Um, And, and you definitely get to see uh, Wayne enterprises, Patrick, you get to see CEO Mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne in this. So I, I do like that. They, incorporate that a little bit um uh and you know it, it directly affects his his kind of personal life uh i think the reason it it you know falls short is the whole movie is about him wanting to not be batman um and yeah it's just kind of a bummer 
because uh, <laughs> I want Batman who wants to be Batman. Um, <laughs> villains, uh, 10 out of 10. I mean, literally, Heath Ledger's Joker is the gold standard. They treat him like the shark from Jaws. You know, he is a force of nature. He is not a, a human being. And it is, he's very scary. And that performance is great. I also really like, I wish they had gone maybe a little further with Two-Face, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, compared to the last Two-Face we got, this is night and day. I mean, <laughs> uh, the, you, they're they're playing into the ethos a lot more of the character, and I would much rather that. Um, so, yeah, 10 out of 10 for the villains for me. Um and, you know, they have real purpose. They have real agency without devolving into, we're going to blow up the city. Ah. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's some of that, but it's it's different. Um, yeah, the story, uh, I you know, I think the overall story and themes of escalation and, and I just really like seeing a Batman who's just constantly, like, on his toes. You know, this is peak... Nolan Batman and to just see him at every turn be kind of um, beaten is really fun. And, and I love that this movie is uh, less than a PR campaign of, for, but, but literally uh, you know, the Joker says it's, it's a battle for the souls of Gotham. It, it is all comes down to sort of this philosophical argument. And to me, that is what, a Batman climax should be uh, not, you know, it's not necessarily we're going to blow up the whole city, but it, it, it's, it's really like what's behind their actions. Um, yeah. So I'm giving that a 10 as well. Uh, it, it It's borderline nine. Cause there are a couple little things, um, but yeah, overall, I love the, the story of this production design. I'm giving a six. Um, just this feels too real to me this feels like too a little i again i want gotham to be a little more gothic at least in batman begins uh the the economics of gotham are really on display uh in this one gotham barely feels like a a presence um so yeah i would have liked a little bit more i do love the look of the joker um but I, I I needed just like a little more from the city itself. Uh, action scenes, set pieces, again, uh, giving us a 10. Um, uh, it, it, it's just, I think, you know, this is peak Batman action. This is peak kind of Christopher Nolan action. All the set pieces make sense. They're logical. It doesn't feel overblown. Um and just like some of the chase scenes are so incredible. And, and there's little moments in the action that like gives the, the characters like time to breathe and, and stuff that I, I think it just incredible action. Uh, the stakes are always at 10. So I'm giving it a 10. Uh, the suit I'm giving an eight. Uh, it's the uh, for the upgraded suit where for the first time, you know, uh, six movies in, Batman can move his neck. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, just the fact that it actually feels like tactical. We're actually seeing Batman fight and, and like it's a little less camera trick and a little more like this is actually a utility suit. 
uh, I love. Um, I do still have some issues with the cowl, though. And I do still wish there was a pop of color in the emblem. Um, like if the emblem had maybe been like a, you know, some offshoot, like maybe even a gray or something. Uh, uh, yeah, it could have been a little better, but uh, finally a bat suit he can move in. Uh, Batmobile, I'm giving a six. It, it's moved up just a little bit because I think the bat, like when it turns into the motorcycle is pretty cool. And I, I do like the motorcycle. It feels a little more functional, it, you know, just a little more flashy and, and just cool. Um, so that actually uh, increased a little bit. And special sauce, I'm giving this movie a nine uh, for special sauce. It's just, it's still very exciting to watch. And just the way Christopher Nolan makes this comic book movie like the movie heat uh just the way he uses like really good crime movies as influence uh it, it separates it from the kind of comic bookiness of it but still makes it feel heightened in that way so uh yeah i mean i can literally always watch this movie it is so fucking cool all right uh my batman bruce wayne dichotomy i also have it seven um uh less of an origin story obviously but in this one it is more about that battle between chaos and uh order you know both of them uh at odds with each other you know both on a, on a philosophic level and on a uh, um you know literal battle for the city uh villain also gave a 10 i mean heath ledger knocked it out of the ballpark uh nobody was seeing that coming um and uh it is such a striking portrayal he steals every scene he's in but still contributes to the movie um and uh i mean there's nothing that needs to be said the only i'd like the uh, um aaron eckhart as as two-faced harvey dent and kind of bleeding into plot story and screenplay rather than have a big fourth act um, I, which I gave a nine. The one point I take away is I feel like the last we seen of Two-Faced should have been at the hospital and then they should have saved him for another movie. Um, and that'll come back a little bit when we talk about Dark Knight Rises. Um, production design, art direction. I give an eight. Um, it is not the, you know, art deco period noir look of the Tim Burton films, but it is a modern neo-noir. It feels like you said, like a Michael Mann movie. It feels like um, even like some of the like Asian noir action cinema that was coming out around mm. um, this time or uh, even, you know, through the nineties, the city plays more of a character. I feel like in this movie than in the first one, uh there's there's a there's more of a look there's more of an aesthetic to this movie with the use of color correction and the blues and and the um the use of uh light and shadow is is more purposeful he kind of embraces the comic bookiness a little bit more here albeit in a very different way um, than we had seen in movies before i do love that almost every scene like all, all the really important scenes feel like they're happening at like sunrise or sunset like right yeah right yeah 
Um, action scene set pieces, I give a nine. There, this is one of the best movies for that. All the set pieces uh, stand out. That you know the big the big chase scene uh, uh, with the with the Joker in the truck and all of that stuff. I mean, that's just like a perfect action scene. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's and then there's there's also set pieces that are not necessarily action driven, but the whole sequence of the Joker's escape from prison is such a great, you know, what is that? 14 minutes of film mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that. Uh, that's as good as Hannibal Lecter escaping in, in uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs, like just a really well-written, really well put together sequence. Um, the suit, I also gave an eight for the same reasons, more tactical, more uh, fluid movement in it. It um, it's certainly armor esque and, uh, but it, it looks like it makes sense for the character and for this take. Batmobile, I gave a seven. Um, I think I gave it all the Nolan movies the same score on the Batmobile because it's still the Tumblr. Mm-hmm. It does become the bike, which I did forget that the that it blows up and turns into like but then we're kind of like heading into like Bat Missile territory again. Does that really count? Um, but it is uh, I, it, it, it's a cool function. Um, and I think it's used better. It's utilized better in the action scenes than it was in the first one. We don't get any scenes of Commissioner Gordon for some reason driving it. <laughs> um, special sauce, I give an eight. This isn't just a great Batman movie uh, or just a great superhero movie, but one of the first times where it's just a good movie. Like it's just a good movies movie um, yeah. in a way that we hadn't really seen from really this type of genre affair before. Um, at least in terms of the superhero genre, um, you know, there was, there was Spider-Man two and there's some contenders for sure. Um, but I think this one is the first one where it felt like, oh, this is, people are going to think about this in the way that people think about like heat or the departed, or, you know, it, it feels a little bit more elevated, um, for lack of a better term. Um, Patrick, how off are we? A little bit, a little off. So I know people love this movie and for a lot of reasons, I love it too, but there's some of the stuff that you glossed around. I don't like this movie. The Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy is kind of there. Like he goes Wayne enterprise and stuff and he like self doubts what he's doing, um, which is fine. It's, you know, not as deep an examination of Batman because it's not really the Dark Knight, right? It's the Joker film, right? Um, so I give that an eight. I get the villain seven. Uh, same reason you say that the Joker is amazing, Keith Ledger's performance is amazing. Uh, he's keeps you wrapped every time he's on screen. Aaron Eckhart's not a good actor, and the Two Face portrayal is really <laughs> bad, it's really bad. Like, I, I know people like don't think so like when he turns on yells at the camera that's so <laughs> cheesy the ending is so cheesy so cheesy it's just so have either one of you watched this recently uh yeah i watched it just the other night oh did you okay if you it's just been went, a little bit longer for me but basketball. i generally i kind of like aaron eckhart i go back mm-hmm. a ways with him with the neil labute era all right okay. i don't like him i don't like him i don't like him i don't like that part uh he, it, it mean, feels tacked on been, unnecessary he wouldn't have been my uh first choice or anything but fair, I, fair. he i don't think he's a problem mm-hmm. for me he's but. a massive problem like <laughs> the, the more time the joker's not on the film uh like and he's not on screen the worse the movie gets and like every time we go to him like 
right. Why can't we just have him be like, like I think it would be a much bigger payoff if crusading Harvey Dent this whole time's done everything. And then at the end, when everything falls apart and Batman stops the Joker and thinks he wins, boom, the bomb, and I'm rewriting the movie for Christopher Nolan here, boom, the bomb <laughs> blows up or Jonathan, whoever wrote it, uh, and half his face is blown up. And then Batman realizes, oh, I completely fucked up. And like at the end is as the, as the payoff of like, you just can't win. Right. Like right. it would be so much better than, and then Harvey Dent, of course, we all know who he is and the coins flipped and it's messed up. And he like walks away from the hospital bed. No one knows where he goes uh, that we all know, like he's two faced now. Uh, I yeah. think it'd be a, a bigger payoff than like, you know, threatening the kid and then killing that Harvey fourth Dent. act. Yeah. 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 Um, so that goes back to the same problem. I have, Seven for the plot. That fourth act is awful. It it, it, kill, it kills the movie. I, I've watched the movie like seven times. I never watched the fourth act ever. I fast forward. It's a Batman on the bike and the, the boys. I'm like, yeah, that's how it ended. <laughs> Ooh, Harvey, Harvey dead. Who? That's what I think. Um, production design. I give it an eight. Same as last time. Um, the Gotham looks exactly the same. It's just a little more Chicago, a little more Pittsburgh coming into it. Uh, mm. Same thing. It's kind of weird. It's all dusk. Everything's happening at dusk. I don't know why Batman only operates in dusk. The cool magic scene, hour, baby. I guess the, the cool scene. <laughs> Cinematographers is, love it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the cool scenes, the chase scene at night with the fire and the, the bedlam of the, the, you know, the uh, fire truck on fire. All that stuff looks great when, it, when it's done like that. Um, but everything in dusk and, and dawn looks bad. The action scenes are fantastic. That that escape scene is like start to finish, keeps you wrapped. Like it's just wild to begin with, wild to end. Um, mm-hmm. So a nine for the action scenes, seven for the suit, a little better. Like he can move his head, as we said before, which is an improvement. Still not a great suit. Tumblr doesn't change just because he has a motorcycle. It's the same. So I give that a seven still. <laughs> Special sauce, uh, self-doubting Batman. I do enjoy at the end. I don't super dig um, the whole, like the moral choice Batman of the fairy part. And like, it's like Batman trying to make the moral. Like, I feel like Batman would not. The screenplay overplays his hand a little bit there. It's like, okay, we get what the movie's about. Right, (laughs) right. And Batman, of course, would save the people. Like, there would be no, like, all, like, everyone. Find a way to save everyone, regardless. There would be no moment of him self-doubt. So that part of my special sauce. So seven for that as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Pretty high scores all around. Keith gave it a 66. I tied his score with 66. Patrick, not too far, much uh, lower with 60. And the overall score for The Dark Knight is 192. Interesting. All right. Um, I feel feel we're going to diverge in this this last Nolan trilogy here. We'll see what happens. Hmm. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Dark Knight Rises, not much to say about it. It's the next one. Keith, what what happens in the final uh, conclusion of The Dark Knight trilogy, the by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to Batman Bruce dichotomy. I'm going to give this a four um, because it's it, it, it virtually non-existent. Um, uh, I mean, there's a little bit at the beginning, you know, where he's like retired as Batman, but mm-hmm. you know, by the end of this movie, everybody knows who is Batman and nobody cares. Cause there's other shit going on. Uh, the villains, I- I'm going to give a, a seven. I like Tom Hardy as Bane. Um, I like uh, uh, spoilers. Yes. 
I don't care about the voice. I even uh, like the goofy the voice. The voice is a good addition to it. I, I like it. It it is theatrical. It is uh uh big. It's what it's what I want from a villain. Um and like again, every line of dialogue he has is just so fucking badass and menacing. Um that I I believe I believe him as a villain. Um you think you're in control. Oh yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Uh, do you feel in control? Yeah. Uh, so I think Bane's great. I think oh, I'm blanking on her name. Anne Hathaway. Uh, she, no, I was actually spoilers. Um, Talia Al Ghul. Oh, the actress. Oh, uh, Marianne Cotillard. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's a good choice, but I think that reveal is a little too late. So she she gets wasted a little bit as a mm-hmm. villain. Um, I I feel like that he's trying to pull off some kind of magic trick with that reveal. And it's, it's just a little too little too late. I think Anne Hathaway is a good Catwoman, but I don't think she has a lot of chemistry with Christian Bale. So that's kind of a problem. Mm. Um, like, I think she, you know, if she had had kind of her own solo Catwoman movie, she would have been great. Cause she kind of steals a lot of the scenes she's in uh, pun very much intended that time. <laughs> Um, but again, she just, she kind of doesn't mesh with everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings me to the plot story themes. Uh, I'm giving that a five. It, this movie is all over the fucking map. It is really messy. It is, it, it, there isn't really any theme except, uh, you know, no one should live long enough to be a functional Batman. And yeah, I don't mind the first kind of chunk of this movie, but once we get into post-apocalyptic Gotham and it, it just doesn't feel like a Batman movie anymore. And, and, you know, I wonder if, if Christopher Nolan had made Tenet before this came out, if we would have got a very different Batman, because mm. it feels like he's trying to do his like James Bond thing, but in a Batman version, Again, this movie is just way too long, way too much going on, and it none of it feels like of a piece. So that's a pretty big problem for me. Uh, the production design, uh, you know, again, it's basically the same as the the last two Nolan movies, but I I think I marked this down a little bit as a uh, yeah, I have it as a six. Um, again, I just I don't like how long we spend in post apocalyptic Gotham. It just it feels wrong to me. Action scenes, set pieces. Action scenes are still great. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, so I give this a nine. You know, like the scene with Batman versus Bane is is a really good fight scene, actually, the, the first go around. Um, and just the way uh, that he communicates the kind of power dynamic between the two is, I, I think it's a really well choreographed, really well done sequence. Um, it gets a little muddy. You know, when there's like three different battle sequences happening with cops oh. and and stuff. But so it's not super clear. But even then, the action is is still pretty good and it's still pretty tense. Um, so I give that the action a nine still. Uh, the suit, I give an eight. I, I think it's the same suit. Looks the same to me. Um, except pretty it's, much. It's a, it's a little sleeker, but not by much. Mm. I couldn't tell any difference. I still would like a pop of color. Um, maybe if, it, it, even if it's just from his weird Superman knee brace. Um, 
the Batmobile, I'm giving a four. And I know that sounds odd because it went from a four to a six and now it's back to a four. It's because I just, I, I didn't like the Batwing. Uh, I think it looks real stupid. It looks like a, looks like a mouse, like a computer mouse, just like <laughs> flying through the sky. Um, and that, and that he uses more than the actual tumbler. So I'm counting that as the Batmobile for this movie. I don't like it. Uh, and special sauce. I'm giving this movie a two. Uh, I was going to give a negative special sauce for this. I have so many. I just don't vibe this movie. It is just kind of a bummer, especially with how hype the Dark Knight was. And and to follow it up with just kind of like, okay, it's more League of Shadows. And oh, now they actually blew up Gotham. And it's just, again, Big thing for me, it doesn't feel like a Batman movie. It just feels like this weird thing. Uh, and, and, and never excited to watch it. Uh, to the point where I forget there's solid chunks I really like. Like I said, the first two acts are, are great. But once Gotham gets blown to hell, I'm out. This movie fucking sucks at that point. I don't like post-apocalyptic Gotham. I don't like the way he portrays it. And it's a bummer because there is a precedent for that in the comics mm. where it works, you know, like with Batman cataclysm and stuff, Gotham has been blown to hell so many times, but it, it just feels, it just feels like he wasn't interested in making a Batman movie at this point. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, we have very similar scores again. Um, my Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy. I give a four. It's such a bummer uh, how much I felt like the Dark Knight fixed problems with the portrayal and and gave him more agency. Like it wasn't just Rachel Dawes pointing him in different directions. Um, and I'll, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean. There's for me, the scene when I in the Dark Knight, when I said that's fucking Batman is when Lucius Fox walks in and he realizes that he's using the, the sonar technology on everyone's yeah. cell phone to track everyone without them knowing it. And he said, and he's just very nonchalantly like, well, yeah, how else are we going to do this? And Lucius is like, not this way. And that's when I was like, that is my Batman. The one who's obsessive and feels like he's above the law, feels like he's smarter than the law. And is his own worst enemy, morally speaking. And then in this one, I don't want to be Batman anymore. I'm done. Oh, the the uh, the dent act fixed everything. And now I can't walk. I'm just going to be a hermit. And, uh, and I have to be forced into doing this by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's in this movie for way too much. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm Batman. Maybe I'm not. Like, such a bummer. Um, the villains, I uh, give a six. Um, I'm actually giving the edge to Anne Hathaway over Tom Hardy. I know people like Tom Hardy. I I think the voice is a problem. I'm sorry. I know this is like fanboy stuff, but I think it is unacceptable. When he presented that to Christopher Nolan in you know rehearsals or whatever, or like during a read-through or whenever this came out on set, he should have been set aside and said, nah, we're not, we're not doing that. Let's come up with something else, anything else. 
he looks the part and the, the way the character is written uh, is fine. And I like his fight choreography and, you know, I like everything about it other than the voice, but it is, it is so, so distracting. Um, I actually went into this cause I hadn't seen it in a long time thinking that I was going to have a bigger problem with Anne Hathaway than I did. And I was, I actually came away being like, Oh, she's one of the better things in this movie. She just has, she has to fit into the, the creases of the bigger plot components wherever yeah. she can. Um, she's but, in the wrong movie, unfortunately. Right. And then at the end, she just kind of becomes Batgirl for her introduction in the movie and the way she kind of moves, slinks along through. Um, and this idea of like, this will kind of bleed into plot story screenplay, um, which I gave a five, uh, you know, like you said, it's a mess and it's trying to do way too much. Um, but I think the idea of, you know, Selena Kyle sort of being the voice of the 99% versus the 1%. This is during the Occupy movement era. And I, I like the attempt at like these bigger thematics. It's more thematically interesting than it is well-written, but uh, overall the, um, the movie just doesn't move. It's it's in fits and starts and it, it kind of feels like you're watching like 24 different like webisodes in a row. <laughs> production design art direction i give a six um yeah i i i you know the kind of cool noir vibe of the dark knight is kind of thrown out for more of this murky cloudy gloomy but not in a not moody just not necessarily boring I mean, it has a look i just don't like it it's it, it is kind of visually muddy and not really uh, dialed in action scenes and set pieces. They're all good. The first one, the big one on the airplane, really nice. Um, at, in the very beginning, the football field one, um, the fight scenes with Bane look pretty good. Uh, there's, but they're really spaced out with a lot of stuff going on. Um, the suit seven, I give it the same score. I think, uh, uh batmobile still the tumbler seven a special sauce i give a four pretty much for the reasons you said it just it feels like a chore to watch i feel like there's good filmmaking going on um but it just doesn't come together as a story for me so it, it i feel every minute pass mm-hmm. patrick how wrong are we very is it is a great movie so uh <laughs> the first one the, the Bruce Batman dichotomy, like the best part of this is he's no longer Batman for the first third. He's like a broken, thin Bruce Wayne. And like all that comes through, all that pathos comes through of like the Denak fix things. And then he's just ebbing back into being Bruce Wayne. And then shit kicks off and that Batman brain kicks back in. And it's great when it does. Uh, that That's Batman. Like he has these moments of self-doubt and he doesn't become more Batman when he has self-doubt. He becomes Bruce Wayne, like a normal person. And then, then he's a reactionary. So when horrible things happen, he reacts to them. Then <laughs> becomes Batman and becomes worse. Um, the villains, I gave an eight. Um, I think Bane's oh, fine. Uh- what did you nine, give for nine, 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 nine. Okay. Uh, uh, eight for the villains. Bane's fine. Catwoman uh, is fine. I don't think she's really a villain. She's kind of a helper. 
um, who's kind of gets in the way. Uh, she's not, she's not bad. There's no chemistry whatsoever with, with Batman, which is weird. Um, but again, League of Shadows, League of Assassins are tied into it. Tyel Ghoul, you got to admit when you saw it, that, that twist, even if you saw the twist coming, was a good twist uh, that was set up very well in terms of like everything plotted out. Okay, I will concede this part. Seven for the plot, story, and themes. I think the great part of this is like, if you look at this as a, as a comic book, the setup mm. is like a very, like, I think Nolan stumbled into writing a comic book movie and didn't realize he's writing a comic book movie at the end here. The <laughs> beginning is like the first five issues. We're all kind of going, okay, we know where it's going to go. You know, it's all going to fall apart. And then Bruce Wayne's going to fix things. And, and then it's like, oh shit, no, it's something from 50 episodes or 50 issues back. It's the League of Shadows come back to <laughs> fuck stuff up. It's his daughter. Uh, that part's great. That's such a comic book, beautiful trope, like on screen. I was so excited to see that. Um, to come back, and then of course, Bruce Wayne is just the muscle. I mean, um, Bane's just the muscle, uh, and then Batman has to like overcome that and use his brain, and he does. He he th- figures it out, and you know, uh, outsmarts him and pulls out the again, the, the plot is a little murky. The radioactive power core from the, from the thing that blows up outside. <laughs> um, production, so seven for this that part. Production, I mean, uh, it looks like a blown up Pittsburgh. Uh, I've been to Pittsburgh a couple of times. It looks Pittsburgh kind of blown up looking normally. Eh, it's going to come back. Um, <laughs> but like all that stuff looks cool. The the pit in the middle of the Sahara, wherever he is, looks fucking cool. Like the 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 evil prison where he's watching the the television screen that's fuzzy as Gotham's taken over. And like, you know, the, the military's like walled it all off. All that shit looks really cool on screen. I, it looks like a big disaster comic book film to me. Action scene set pieces. Cassidy, you name like four awesome set pieces. You're like, yeah, there's not that many. Just the airplane scene and the scene where they blow up <laughs> this. And all the fight scenes are great. But other than that, those six scenes, not that many good scenes. Every scene in there is well choreographed, well done. They're all purposefully done where something very cool happens in them. Um, they're not just done for you know funsies. Uh, I, I, especially when all the cops come out and they have a big fight in City Hall. That part's great. The Batmobile, I like the big oh, flying. I didn't mouse. get your last two scores. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Nine for action scene. Suits exactly the same. So seven. Suit no no change in the suit. Seven. Seven across the board. And production design? Eight. Eight, nine, seven. Production right. design. Eight. Action nine. Suit seven. Batmobile. Keith, I like the mouse flying around. I give it an eight. Uh the Batman <laughs> looks pretty cool. Like I have to admit. It's got that cool targeting thing. It shoots rockets and shit. I love that. I was like, oh yeah, it's shooting rockets. I was very much a little kid watching this going like, oh yeah, like the whole time. Uh and the special sauce. I wish I had been a little kid. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, I wish I could bring it there. Special sauce goes back to eight. Okay, this is such a such a surface level thing. When Batman is down in that fucking hole and that old man straps him up and they like they like fix his back. And he digs himself out uh, to go fight guys and back in Gotham. Like that's very like just insane Batman stuff. Like I, why would he just not just go to Europe and say, well, Gotham's fucked. Sorry. But like, you know, Batman digs out of a hole, gets some crazy old guy to fix his back and then goes back and fights everybody and then blows himself up. Or does he at the end? I love all that, that shit. That was great. I don't disagree with the things that excited you. I this just, is a very visceral review. I'm on this one because I really like this no, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't want to spend too much time arguing about this. I just, I think maybe it would have worked better as like a season of television because 
like the pacing is kind of all over the map on me for me but oh yeah i think that's my wonderful i think one of the biggest problems with the movie and it isn't that there aren't good action scenes it just feels like there's so much stuff in between them that i nothing even like the character moments that are supposed to pay off i feel like everything that's supposed to have some sort of impact on a visceral filmic level kind of doesn't because the movie's just in a rush to get to the next thing Mm. I also would give this movie negative points for the whole Robin Blake thing. Oh, I, I, you know, I did honestly forget all about that. Uh, I, I think I might have to knock it down. You know what? You can mess me. Knock it down. <laughs> knock it down one more by plot to six for that one. Okay. Let me, let me see what that, I forgot about happens. that. That's so pointless. Keith, you're right. Okay. So Keith rated it 45. I rated it 46 and Patrick rates the dark Knight rises. 63. So that is probably our biggest divergent point. Highest one. Best one. Um, uh, And the overall score for that is 54. Um, Let's go ahead and start talking about the Batman. Uh, We'll do a kind of mini review here of the movie itself. And uh, then we'll we'll come back to our rubric here and see how it tallies <laughs> against everything else. Patrick, what happens in Matt Reeves' The Batman? Now, Matt Reeves' The Batman is very long. So it might take me, I'm going to try to truncate this as much as I can. It opens with a completely seasoned, but not green around the gills, Batman on patrol, narrating The Patrol. Uh, and then it, like, goes to showing how tough the Batman is when he beats up a bunch of guys playing the knockout game. We get a taste of who Batman is. There's a murder. There's a mayoral candidate. The mayoral candidate is murdered brutally. Uh, There is young AOC type rival running against him. He's like old and stuck in his ways. Uh, There's this mention of something called the Wayne Fund. Is that what they call the Wayne Fund? Uh, foundation or, the, or something or, like yeah, that. The, yeah, the revitalization fund or whatever it is, um, which is all murky and strange. We get Batman showing up at a crime scene where the police are like, other than Gordon, mortified that Batman shows up and they throw him out. Uh, he does some actual detective work um, while all this is going on. Batman comes back uh, and hangs out with Alfred. Alfred, you know, chastises him again. Batman's got some cool tech where he sees uh, all the crime scenes and begins to pull things together. There's a note to Batman or that is asking him to play a game from a guy called the Riddler, maybe uh, giving him a riddle in some way. And then things slowly unfold where Batman is tracing down um, what seems to be a web of clues where the Riddler is going around and knocking off people who are high up in Gotham, first the mayor, then the police chief, and then uh there is a tie to organized crime batman shows up at the iceberg lounge where the penguin operates where he beats the shit out of a bunch of criminals there interrogates him gets no real answers of what's going on and why the mayor is filmed with a young girl uh who looks beat up coming out of the club uh in the meantime and batman then finds a young Catwoman. Uh, played by Zoe Kravitz, who he uses as I don't know, like a like a trap uh, to go back in the Iceberg Lounge and go into the club 
within the club where Zoe Kravitz says the girl in the photo with the mayor is actually her friend implied, maybe girlfriend. I don't really know what the relationship is there said unsaid. Uh, Batman gives her the cool goggles. She goes around and sees that there is not only all kinds of movers and shakers down in this uh, bowery of this club um, from the DA to councilmen to all kinds of police officers moonlighting corruptly working as mob enforcers. There then turns out to be uh, uh, John Turturro playing, uh, he's playing Marconi, right? That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a lot. This is very complex folks. Uh, one thing I think that's important that you mention, and this will certainly come back in our rubric. I'm sure this is the first, really the first attempt we've seen of Batman, the detective. Oh, it's, it is Batman, the procedural for the first hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the movie is certainly taking its genre clues less from you know, comic book movies and big action cinema and even the more, you know, like a Michael Mann's heat and things like that. Those, those type of noirs, right. Those kind of noirs that are more, um, more based on like uh, uh, the moral characters, like cop and robber kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, a lot more kind of Fincher uh, specifically the portrayal of the Riddler here by Paul Dano is specifically designed to look like the Zodiac killer. And he leaves the ciphers just like the Zodiac did. And um, there's a lot like the way they kind of go over the crime scenes uh, and are, you know, in the dark, and we're always kind of seeing these things after the, after the fact, after the Riddler's done what he's did, which is very seven esque and the way the production design uh, it kind of feels, um, you know, this, this portrayal of Gotham certainly feels a lot more like the like a hellish underworld mm-hmm. this is certainly the pro- i would say to date probably the darkest batman movie um <laughs> yeah. both literally and figuratively mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i like matt reeves as a director he you know came came out of that jj abrams school um and uh made a splash with cloverfield which i still think is like one of the best modern monster movies um i really liked his uh his entries in but the rebooted uh, uh planet of the Apes series i think those are like fantastic movies that i, I mm-hmm. as good as they are and as as lauded as they are i still think are underrated um and i did not care for his remake for let the right one and um let me in but uh certainly loves atmosphere certainly loves mood and that is what he's bringing to the table here uh what did everyone what did everyone think what was your takeaway when you left the theater how you know were you feeling good were you happy with the end result uh i'll, I'll keep this pretty brief because i think this I'll, I'll get into more detail with them. yeah we'll get into the specifics obviously yeah uh i really liked this movie a lot um i i was very excited by it i I know a lot of people are kind of uh, that I've talked to have been kind of thrown off by the length of it. Um, Cause it is it, it, three hours long. It clocks in at three hours. Right. Um, length didn't bother me uh, at all because I, I didn't feel like screen time was wasted wherein, you know, like some of these other Batman movies we've talked about stuff kind of gets repetitive or, or, or feels unnecessary. I, I felt like it earned its screen time. To me, it was just real exciting to see Batman. For me, this felt like the truest representation of Batman as a character, whereas 
every movie that we've talked about previously has focused so much on the dichotomy. This is the first one to just be like, no, this is just a Batman story. And he's going to be a detective and it's going to be dark and it's going to be cool as hell. Uh, I, I really liked this movie. What about you, Patrick? I mean, if you could not tell by my uh, hyperventilating wrapped uh, replay <laughs> of the first, of the first 30 <laughs> minutes of the film, which I'm so sorry about. No, uh, you're fine. I, I went on this with like very low or tempered expectations. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know about this. And I went into it, uh, I think, expecting it to be okay. I, I mean, I, after about an hour, I was like, I was like, where's this going to go? Like, what's, what's going on with this? And then there's a midway point where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where I guess the funeral part, my replay uh, of, you know, play by play of what it is. I loved it. I, I, I think it was, as Keith said, as close to Batman as if captured on film of like what I enjoy about Batman being a detective, um, Gotham being a corrupt horrible place where there where nothing makes sense and everything's wrong around every corner um i thought all of that was captured really really well uh in three hours that felt like it was not three hours i was again also three hours going i was like really three hours man but it did not feel like three hours it felt like a really nice three act structured play I hope people say that by the time they get to the end of this podcast. Oh my God. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my, my recap of, and then, and then did not. No. Know, so I <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be the most critical of the three of us here on this one. I liked a lot of it and I liked, I think the movie completely succeeds on vibe check. Mm. Um, I the tone is perfect. The look of the movie is great. Um, I really like that like hellish underworld. This portrayal of Gotham City is completely derelict, um, unfixable, you know. Whereas with the other movies, particularly the Nolan movies, the city, I mean, they look like actual American cities because they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't really quite get the idea that have like how rotted from the core the city has become with crime well like you get that there's crime happening but but it feels like you could pretty well avoid it if you wanted to yes whereas in this gotham it feels like you are going to be killed if you're on these streets yeah you it feels like an average gotham citizen is just meat in the grinder which is yeah perfect yeah i mean and and it's believable that in this world that the criminal element and the police element would be so entangled and so corrupted um and along with the politicians and everything uh that 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 a batman could thrive in this environment even though everyone's sort of uncomfortable by him in this world he makes just as much sense being there as Mm -hmm. as the penguin or as falcone or any of these people because it's just the world they live in so the world building is on point um what's less on point for me is mostly structural i do think it is a little long i think i could use a 35 minute trim not necessarily because any of the story beats are shouldn't be there or or in the wrong place but i, I think it just could cinch it up a little bit and just move the 
the pacing a little bit just to to get the blood moving a little bit more from scene to scene. There's there's kind of a I think the biggest problem with the movie is there's there's a there's kind of a lack of tension all the way through. Whereas when I'm watching Zodiac or when I'm watching uh, Seven or you know even the uh, Fincher's remake of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, you know pick your Fincher whichever one. Um, he knows how to make a methodical thriller that's not necessarily fast, but you are on the edge of your seat the whole movie. Whereas with this, I kind of know the beats they're going for. I know like, you know, he sets up these mystery elements that are going supposed to pay off later with the riddles and the ciphers, but they're not particularly difficult to solve. If you've ever read a comic book in your life um, or, listen to a true crime podcast or whatever. So I feel like as a mystery, it's not terribly fulfilling. Um, and as a thriller, it lacks tension. Um, Can I jump in real quick and break format and ask you, and you both of you go a question ahead. then? Did you, we're in spoiler territory, right? Um, not necessarily, but okay. if the, if you can word it in such a way. Did you, did you see, did both of you see the, the, the final act, the third act coming? What was going to happen? <laughs> No, uh, no, and actually, I think the movie picks up a lot there. Um, okay. I when I, when it, there's a, it, it's I like the first act. I think the second act gets a little saggy, mm -hmm. and then I think it ties up pretty nicely in the in the uh, the third act. Cool. Um, and in fact, I think what what they do with the Riddler in the third act is a better attempt at that mm -hmm. than what Nolan tried to do in The Dark Knight Rises. Mm, um mm, okay. you know as far as like turning the citizens against the the hero in a in an interesting way and i think that the um the i've i've heard some people complain that batman does not really have a character arc in this movie um and oh, i i agree no. whoa, right. huge, huge whoa. Arc. yeah yeah i agree what? that uh i i agree that uh uh bruce wayne doesn't necessarily right and if you're looking for that, if that's the Batman, you know, you're not going to get it here. But I really love the idea that that Batman worked so hard to uh, mythologize himself in the city that he ends up having a negative effect the way that he could be okay. worshipped later. I, Cassidy, right. I, that's I, the riddle, Cassidy. That's I the riddle like, you're missing, buddy. I feel like. We should just go through our breakdown. Yeah, I think we should. I think yes. we're getting there. Is is already going long, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I I can address a lot of my. I agree. That's Keith. That's yeah. sound thinking. Okay, so uh, the Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy. Can we break format, and for each one, can we do what we would give for each uh, category together? Oh yeah, uh, I'm I, very I'm very curious to see how they go one by one rather yes, than yes, down the list. Yeah, oh yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so Batman Bruce Wayne dichotomy. This is interesting because, like I said, it's my it's probably my favorite portrayal is Batman as a character. But there, if we're ranking off just the dichotomy, then I get I gave it a four because there's like no dichotomy. He is full just Batman, um, and I did want that to come around a little bit at the end. I did want you know kind of this realization of you know to truly be more effective i have to be able to fight as both batman and bruce wayne uh to better this city so i i did want a little bit more of that 
Okay. Um, I gave it a five, so not much higher. Um, again, I think the arc of Batman is very well established. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I think the, the heart of this movie and it's, it's a pretty bleak movie. So there's not a lot of heart to be found, but the heart of this movie is that moment when Batman is rescuing somebody at the end and he has to first convince them not to be terrified mm, to take his hand. <laughs> that is the moment when Batman self-actualizes. Well, I, I'm going to get more into that on, on the plot themes. Section, sure. I mean, that all, it all comes together, but yeah. I mean, you know, that's Batman's big moment in the movie, mm-hmm. as far as a character arc. Um, I do kind of wish we get a little bit of stuff with the Andy circus, uh, uh, Alfred and he's kind of doing a Michael Caine impression, which is a little annoying. Um, I wish he had come up with something a little bit more original, but I do like the idea that they, they talk about his like military past a little bit more than any other Alfred. Yeah. And, and the connection to the Wayne family and like how they connect to this like citywide corruption. So there's, there's interesting stuff to be talked about as far as Bruce Wayne goes, but he feels so disconnected from it that yeah. I kind of wish at some point, you know, he had combed his hair and went into a boardroom. Just one yes, scene. Exactly. Exactly. That's all <laughs> I wanted as well. Um, but I get it. He's, he's year two. He, he can't be bothered. Um, Patrick, I, I mean, I went to seven, a little higher than the two of you, I think a lot higher. Uh, I think that there's a lot of Batman in this. There's not a lot of Bruce Wayne, but the Bruce Wayne we see is the Wayne Bruce Wayne past of what Wayne could have been and mm-hmm. what the Wayne family was. And then like the previews of like, especially with like what happens to his father, right. Gets killed crusading. And then his mother goes crazy. Like, the preview of like what's going to happen to you, Bruce? Like you, one of these two yeah. options are probably laying and wait for you. I thought that was more without better than the boardroom of him looking at his own family and saying like, "Oh fuck, you know, my dad's dead, mom went crazy, uh, and then you know end up getting killed." But like th- that, that's me. That's going to be me. The, the and maybe I am there. Is, I didn't really even make that connection exactly until you just said that. Oh, I thought that was I thought that was really clever. Like, you know, and I, I it's tricky when you start playing around with this kind of lore, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're sort of DF the Waynes are sort of deified in the same way that like Uncle Ben is. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But I kind of like both the uh, Todd Phillips Joker movie and this movie have played around with the idea of like, maybe they sucked. Right. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. We, like, we don't see them the way that Bruce sees them. Right. Um. And it, I kind of wish that that Todd Phillips movie had not done a couple things because they, they almost feel like they're in the same city. They almost feel like they, they're in the same shared universe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not. Uh, the villains. I think that uh, Zoe Kravitz is great. I knew she was going to knock this out of the ballpark and she did. Um, we've had three pretty good Catwoman portrayals mm-hmm. um, and they, they all sort of work on for different reasons. This one feels the most like what we've seen in the comic books, yeah. uh, certainly year one, a very reminiscent, but also um, some of her, you know, later stuff. I, I, she does have chemistry with Batman, which does matter. Um, and um, she I, isn't a murderous psycho in this movie, which I kind of like a little bit of that mm-hmm. in my Catwoman. but um, I, we can, we totally understand why she is not, going to go the path of a full-on hero yeah um, i i think this is my 
favorite portrayal of Catwoman today. I just, I, I, like you said, she knocked it out of the park. I, I mean, I, yeah, all the Catwomen are great. Uh, uh, yeah, but to me, this just this felt like Catwoman. This was like they ripped her out of the comic book. I just adored Zoe Kravitz. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's great in everything. She's really good here. Um, and uh, I like the way that she was utilized in the plot. And this is mm-hmm. of the of the three, the only one I would really want to see a solo Catwoman movie for. Yeah, and and again, I think they just they got the bat and the cat chemistry just right. Like right, just oozing this sexual tension. But there's that one thing between them, and it's I think they just they play it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of villains in this. I, I, you know, Colin Farrell's uh, Penguin is a choice. Um, I, I thought it worked. I, I liked, I liked this idea of him just being a kind of a thuggish, um, mob heavy. You know, there's no sophistication here. I like the idea also of the the iceberg lounge. This kind of goes into production design, but the iceberg lounge sort of being like this, um, dungeness, like yeah, like underground sex layer mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh yeah the penguin i also uh, uh very different than danny devito uh but i certainly also loved him i just wanted like three to five percent more camp from other areas of this movie and i i think colin farrell has it has what i wanted like right on the money Right. Like it's a big performance. It's broad. He the penguin stands out as why he's different than kind of these other yeah. mobs. It's not Dick Tracy big, but it's 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 at least pointing in that direction. Exactly. And and I, I liked like the iceberg lounge and stuff, but I wanted just to see like just like a little theme to this sex dungeon. You know what I mean? Like like I don't need it to be full on like, you know, glacier. But just just a little bit, you know what I mean? Like I liked it. I, I to me, I was like, yeah, I, I this makes sense to me. This in in a way makes more sense than like you know the piano lounge with the penguin stuffed animals. And Absolutely. Stuff. I I just again, I just wanted to be like a themed sex mm-hmm. And then as far as the Riddler goes, um, uh, he's kind of tucked away in the movie. They use him sparingly. Is used as a point of tension. He is scary, kind of. I, I, there's something about the, the way this movie's edited or paced or something where I'm not as scared of him as I want to be most of the time. Hmm. I, I, um, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. And, and just, again, in general, I like the whole he's the Zodiac killer thing, right? But yeah. I, I wanted that slightly elevated like-ness from, from him. Like, I don't know what it is exactly. Like maybe his costume's just a, a touch more visibly green because or something because the movie's so like you know uh, dark contrasted that it, 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 you know what I mean. Like I just I just wanted that one little pop. So and sorry, Keith, I think I forgot how we were doing this. What was your score for Bill? Sorry, my, I jumped all the place. <laughs> oh, uh, my score was eight for villains. Eight Overall, for villains. I really liked him. I thought it was really solid. Um, I yeah. liked all the interpretations and I, I gave it a seven. What about you, Patrick? Uh, I gave it a nine. I agree with all the stuff with Zoe Kravitz and the same thing with the camp that came with uh, um, Penguin is Colin Farrell. Uh, I think Paul Dano's uh, portrayal of the Riddler is um, 
I, I thought it was really unsettling to be quite honest. With you. He'd be like, I mean, I think he was turned up to 11 uh, a lot of times, but I, I just found him generally upsetting. There's, there's a moment where he's talking and he has a lisp and then later on he does not have a lisp. And then like um, the, the, the end where he's just having the, the meltdown that Batman's mm-hmm. not going along with what he wants uh, is really unnerving to watch. It's just yeah. really, really unnerving. I mean, like, I, I, I thought it was really good. I do agree with you there. And uh, I just one small footnote. Uh, this is the return of goons. Uh, oh, so he, goons. he's got some full so on goons, which goons. we have not. Everyone's seen. got goons. Everyone's got goons in this. That's what I like. We, we haven't seen true goons since Batman and Robin yeah. take, you know, like it or not, like all the goons in the Nolan trilogy were just kind of guys with guns. Uh, th- these are at least they're goons. They're proper goons. So, okay, Keith, um, what about the screenplay? I, again, I loved it. Um, I per- particularly um, uh, the thing that, that really stood out to me was the theme, the thematic idea of this and maybe this should have gone more into my batman uh ranking but just that idea that the overarching story of batman realizing that he has to become more than just a symbol of vengeance uh, uh you know he he has to become that hero uh i absolutely adored it i i just thought this is just perfect to me uh, seeing him as a detective, the fucking noir voiceover at the beginning, I uh, uh, his relationship with Jim Gordon, like they really felt like an army of two against a corrupt city. Like I just uh, for a story, I'm giving this a 10. Ooh, um, wow. I, yeah, I, I loved the story. I, I was like, this is Batman. I'm, I'm getting that that philosophical battle uh but one that he doesn't even know he's waging and i just i loved it okay cool cool i give it a seven um mostly for the reasons i've already stated i i think thematically everything works and uh everyone you know gets a, a uh, enough room in the screenplay to have an effect um my only issue is as a mystery I just wish they had played the red herrings a little better. Just a little, I, I like, I just wish that there had been, there's no like, Oh my God, what the fuck kind of moment in this movie. I actually, even though of, I feel like they, they tried like for four of them and I was like, Oh yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm actually going to kind of disagree <laughs> with you. I, I think, uh, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to spoil it in case you haven't watched it yet, but I, I think the scene at Arkham Asylum to me, yes. I was yeah. like, Oh, Oh fuck! Really? It, 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 the way the way that yeah. the, the riddles played out, and they they aren't what you think they are. I, that I is that is really. the best payoff as far as as far as that goes. But I feel like it's more of a story thing than a plot thing. I guess I'm just talking about like you know the way we go from from one scene to another, and and the way the the mystery sort of weaves. I I, I just wish it'd been a little bit more clever. But otherwise, I, I liked it. Uh, on the page, uh, Patrick. I'm going to give it a nine. I think it was pretty clever. I think the you know if you put yourself in the see the movie, I don't know if it's Matt Reeves wants us to play like as if we're Batman, right? And right. then the, the first <laughs> cipher is very difficult, and it's a pretty clever trick that Batman figures out after a little bit of time, and that I would have never figured out. But you know we're not given enough clues how to do it. 
But once Batman, you know, realizes that's what it is, he's let into the club. And of course, all the, the riddles are easy after that because the big riddle played on him and the audience is at the end, where, mm-hmm. you know, and there's these little hints drop where they say like, Hey, this thing has 500. I'm trying to be, has 500 X's going right now, but we don't know where it's going to. And that little thing crumb gets dropped and no one brings it up later on. And someone else has like, Hey, th- this thing's recording over here. Did anyone notice that? And like, they never bring it up again. There's mm-hmm. all this stuff in the background. And then you're like, Oh shit. Of course. Cause it was all leading up to this thing. And then it's, and then, you know, I thought it was gonna be one thing and it's two things on top of it. We're like, Oh, Oh shit. Oh shit. I mean, that's what I said in the movie theater really, really loudly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was once that, once it was kind of revealed, I, I was like, damn. Okay. I, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty effective. I'm, I'm pretty jaded in terms of uh, not being uh, impressed by things like that um, at a meta level. I think because I was lulled into same same thing you Cassie said it was like these are pretty small these are pretty cheesy like I'm easy to figure this is easy to figure out but yeah. I think that's I think what I was lulled into thinking right but who do you think is a better detective uh, uh, Batman in this movie or Clarice Starling figuring out Lester Moffat that's true because <laughs> Jesus Christ that's a good point, that's a good point. rest right. of me yeah, yeah that's a good point okay production design art direction Keith. I, I mean, we all we already kind of talked about all this. Yeah, I I feel like this is this is how this is a modern Gotham. Like this mm-hmm. is how you do it. Um, I, you know, I I would have maybe you know I, I'm a, such a sucker for that Gothic architecture that maybe a little bit of it. I I just wanted Wayne Manor was three to five percent more camp from this. Just mm. just. To, you know, at, at little moments, but uh, for the most part, I loved feeling like I was trapped in this truly uh, uh, horrible city. Um, Sorry to uh, mince words, but maybe in terms of like this movie or in the Nolan movies, maybe you mean to say pulp more than camp, because I feel like camp kind of denotes something a little different. Sure. I, I, yeah, camp, I guess I think kind of has a sense of irony to it whereas pulp is more like the embracing the uh comic booky nature of it all yes i I, get, I i just want yeah i wanted it to be just a little bit more comic book in terms of sure. of design of like the city and stuff but um <clears throat> overall i really liked it i uh i gave the production design an eight i gave it the same score like I said, vibe check on point. Um, love the mood. The movie's all mood. Yeah. Um, it's drenched in mood and atmosphere. Uh, I liked the uh, sex dungeon iceberg lounge. I think it looks exactly like I want it to look. I like that it's dark and these politicians and, and elitists are just kind of like hiding with their faces down, staring at their phones and like trying not to be noticed um, uh-huh. while they're doing this. is This is one kind of like dumb kind of complaint i guess but i i hate in like movies like this that are trying for some sense of verisimilitude when they invent movie drug yeah the yeah like just yeah the drop just call it fentanyl or just call it heroin or something i get it they were trying to probably keep it pg-13 and couldn't use those words but doesn't like it reminded me of like the neck like it's the neck drug from robocop 2 (laughs) i see that doesn't bother me that i i guess 
that's kind of what I'm talking about. I was like, yeah, sure, Gotham. They have this weird drip. Yeah, um, I guess it makes sense. Drip is really a drip uh, drop. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It that didn't yeah. bother me. I mean, it, it was very 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 minor thing, but I was just like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I I love the look of the movie. It feels art directed with a purpose. Yeah, Patrick. I say nine for all the reasons that you say uh, it was good. Uh, I can't really pick many bad things. It was, I think it's from Glasgow, all the wrong angles and curves and turns in it make it look just like a, everything's wrong. It looks wrong. It's raining all the time. Mm-hmm. And then going back to the drip thing, the dude with the drip mask looks creepy as hell when he like, like <laughs> so that part is great. And the idea like, you know, they go to that house and just full of drip heads and like they scatter like zombies oh, yeah. and the house is bombed out. Ooh, yeah, it just yeah. looks so bad. Like everything's so bad. It never gets better. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, this was filmed overseas. I think so. I think it was in Glasgow. That would, that's a, such a smart move because Batman, like especially the modern Batman movies. I mean, the first few are just all on sound stages. But mm-hmm. the um, you know, the Nolan universe used real American cities. Well, there, there and are some... this one had like that's such a smart way to like make it feel just different and older and and uncanny. There there was um some of this was definitely filmed in Chicago or New York as well. Um yeah, you get yeah, there, specifically New York because they, they use Madison Square Garden and mm-hmm. And I know like that kind of stuff took Ashley out of it because she, she like she doesn't, you know, like they're using real landmarks, but, you know, it was like Gotham Square Garden. And so, yeah. You know, and, and so I, I do agree with her on that. And, and that like that's kind of what I mean as well when I'm talking about production design is like these establishing shots of, of actual American cities are kind of a bummer because like you said, Patrick, the rest of it feels kind of alien and, mm-hmm. and weird. So, mm. I mean, I think it's lit well enough to kind of work as establishing shots, but I'm also not as like personally familiar with East coast cities. Cause um, action scenes and set pieces, Keith. Uh, yeah, this was the action is solid in this. Um, it's not quite as, like the chase scene uh, is really fucking cool, but it's not quite the Dark Knight to me. Sure, uh, uh, you know. So, but the the fighting is is really visceral and brutal, uh, uh, and and feels very real and damaging. Like when he punches a guy eighteen times in the face, mm. you're like, "Are we sure you have a rule against killing?" Because I'm pretty sure he's meatloaf right now. Right, uh, but I, I gave it an eight, um, just because I don't know. It, some of the action didn't doesn't quite have the same. Just doesn't have that Nolan tension to it. Um, uh, but for the most part, really solid. So I give it an eight. Um, I gave it a seven. It's uh, action light in comparison to the last few films Mm -hmm. um there's not as many big you know complicated set pieces uh to be had in the movie there's the big one at the end um and i think they save a lot of their budget for that last 20 minutes Mm -hmm. um and that one is very visceral and in fact given the frequency of shootings and stuff i was surprised they kind of went there yeah no doubt yeah that felt icky and yeah, yeah, I was like, ooh, this is we're in some new territory here. Um, you know, they're not just like yeah, shooting uh, uh green lasers at people anymore to scare everybody away, too, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Right. And, and the, yeah, there's a big, the, there's a big one with the car. Um, I, uh, that one didn't do that much for me. Um, I think the hand to hand combat, it looks real, which I like. It doesn't look like he just came back from Asia and knows like three different mixed martial arts fighting styles that he's, <laughs> you know, pulling off. It looks like a, what a guy who's trying to beat up criminals in a weird suit would look like. Maybe the the camera work in conjunction with the fight choreography could add a little bit more impact to those fight scenes um, mm-hmm. or the cutting or something. Again, there's if, if this movie has one big problem, I think it's editing. Um, and I and I hope uh, when we get into the next next one in this series that they dial that in a little bit better. Uh, but overall, yeah, it's it's not an action film as much as the other movies. So, but I give it a seven. Uh, I also give it a seven. I think it's um, it feels small, really small in a lot of places until the ending when it really opens up, which is effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't the same with the editing, and I, I guess the fight scenes. I wasn't super thrilled watching the preview of him waiting into machine gun fire, but that did look pretty cool cinematically in terms of making him look like very scary to a criminal. You know, mm-hmm. Just spraying it with submachine gun fire, and he just you know continues walking into you. Uh, suit Keith, ten out of ten. Absolutely, my favorite bat suit that really has been wow. committed to film. Oh yeah, today. Keith, that was awesome, right? It was like I shit just hanging off. It looked great. I'm I serious. adored it. Yep. it. It perfect mix of of tactical but iconic. Uh, he, and here's the thing. Here's a very subtle thing. Uh, his suit is mostly gray. So the yep. black mask and the black logo and the black gloves and the cape can really pop. Absolutely loved this suit. I I could write an entire thesis about how fucking cool this suit is. And <laughs> uh, 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 the, the implied, the, the fact that his bat symbol on his chest can like come out and mm-hmm. be his like awesome utility bat tool and it, it it's like implied that it that might be uh a, a gun that was like melted down i i think it, uh it just so fucking cool i loved this suit and he okay. can move his neck mm-hmm. he can um i give it a seven I don't love it or hate it. I think it's marginally better than the Batman Begins suit. Uh, uh, it's I don't know. It's 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 a little like difficult to kind of like wrap my head around. Like I can't like it doesn't seem to have like a specific style to it. Oh, um, I'm gonna have to completely disagree with you on that. If it, it feels very homemade, which is kind of cool, um, and homemade not in a way that like. You know, Lucius Fox could just order every part from Amazon and put it together, mm-hmm. but in a way that feels like, like what a bat suit would look like if a guy was trying to make it in secret. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but it's also like if you put a piece of paper down in front of me, I don't think I could like draw it in a in a way that looked particularly accurate. I, I drew it from just the trailers i was like this is so cool like before i even saw the movie i was like i just love this suit it totally were and the way he could come out of the shadows and you can actually see him and but the way he could just disappear again yeah oh, so fucking cool. i will say the big test of the suit is when he's just in a 
uh, crime scene investigation with the other police just standing there, not fighting, doing anything. And he's, you know, in the shot with everyone else. How ridiculous does he or doesn't he not look? And he fits in. Yeah. It works on that level. And that's important. Uh, I give it a nine. I mine's that was a good call, Cassidy, about the in the shot with regular people. I just love the big fucking leather combat boots. He's got huge gauntlets on. Uh, mm. Like there's a thing hanging from his waistband. And we don't really know what it is. It could be like the 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 gatling, uh, the, the the grappling gun or whatever it is. Uh, just all kinds of gear hanging off him. Um, he had handcuffs. Handcuffs. That's right. Yeah, handcuffs. He's the only uh, Batman with fucking handcuffs. I know. Ooh. The only thing, I, again, I was probably I need a big old floor sweeper cape. I need a big ass, ridiculous cape that looks impractical. Just a big, scary cape. He not a it big Dracula cape. Pretty big. big. It was pretty floor Dracula. Sweeper. It even has a collar. The collar was sorry. Right, the collar was sweet. Like there would have been ten. If the cape was like Kelly Jones, like the thing is ridiculous, <laughs> wrapping around four times, I'd be all into it. But like, yeah, uh, yeah that's the only reason why. I, I need a big, huge uh like where he jumps and he has to pull up four or five times to get it above his head batmobile uh 10 out of 10 for me i fucking loved that batmobile so much uh again it, it to me it towed that line of this is this is practical vehicle like you could use this on the streets uh-huh. but it looks different it's not a normal car i loved it i to me again this is the my favorite Batmobile now. Uh, it, it looks so intimidating and so scary, but that you could feasibly chase someone down on the freeway, and it's not a fucking tank. It's it's a Batmobile. Oh, I loved it. I give it a five. I think it's my least. Uh, oh no, it's not my least favorite. It it, uh, it to me it it just doesn't have enough bat quality to it I, even if again i'm fine with the make and model of the vehicle it's certainly the most road legal of any batmobile we've seen so far um it looks just kind of like a dirty night rider or something like yeah i i want like maybe just like again the um, uh, an, an implication of a fin or something somewhere so that it has a little bit Two in the back. It, it has there fucking fins yeah, I don't know. It, to me, like especially in the action scenes when we're we're really moving along, it was hard for me to distinguish the Batmobile from the other vehicles at times. Oh. Really, the foot of flame coming out the back <laughs> end didn't give away. You watch this movie again, Casting. <laughs> um, it's the most like car looking Batmobile. And I guess I'm not a I'm not a gearhead, so it didn't do as much for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, to each around. Okay, so when uh, the someone told me like, oh, it's like a muscle car, I was like, oh, fucking muscle man driving a muscle car around, this, like a Corvette, he's gonna like slide in like the <laughs> hazard car or whatever. <laughs> There's a scene I won't spoil anything where like, I mean, the Batman and this is very scary in general, like just mm-hmm. a scary guy. There's a scene where like he fires up. Okay, the, it, the Batmobile is just a like a reinforced chassis dumped on top of a jet engine essentially is all it is it's, it's like armored jet engine and the, the thing's just sitting there and the guys are getting away and he just revs the engine for far too long and it gets louder and scarier and more fire shoots out of it and it just fucking goes that part was great uh so i just give it an eight out of i'll give it an eight the only reason why it's because, like, I don't know. I want some, like, shoot machine guns out of it and stuff, too. <laughs> like, some, like, one more thing. Uh, but it seemed impractical. Like, a, like a, I don't know, 
bolo or something to grab the penguins vehicle uh and wrap the tire up so, something a little cheesy on top of that but okay. when it was just revving up that part was great i'll, I'll give you that that uh, that yeah and it, you know if this franchise continues i want some like caltrops to yeah there you back go or something but but just like the design of it itself uh so sexy it's, it's it is it's just it's a scary nasty industrial fits gotham and th- this gotham at least yeah I mean, certainly. It fits with the universe building and this take of Batman. I just specifically for me, it was like during those chasings, my just needs more. My eyes are kind of getting a little like tired from trying to figure out what car was which. Fair again, maybe an editing problem. Uh, Keith, special sauce. I'm giving this one a nine. Uh, It's been a long time since we've had a a, a Batman movie that I've been truly excited about. Uh, When did The Dark Knight come out? 2008? Yeah. Right? So for me, Batman's had a... He hasn't had the greatest track record at the cinema for me. Uh, We all know how I felt about the Zack Snyderverse. Um, I was not into The Dark Knight Rises. Like, it just... I was ready for this and for this take on Batman and to, to get a fucking detective story and have it be hard boiled and just uh, the, all the influences of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 man, I was just primed for this. This this has got some sauce on it. Okay. I give it a seven on the saucer Again, mostly for uh, the look and the atmosphere of the movie, and 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 what you said, I think that this is an honest attempt to like make a good movie, you know, that exists on you know on its own. It doesn't have to try and click into everything DC is doing right now or everything comic book movies are doing right now. It's just trying to present a character that we are all more than well familiar with in a way that's at least a little original. Um, I am excited to see where it keeps going and where how this world is going to reinterpret some of these other characters. I like this one. Seven. Patrick. Ten. Again, for the the franchise reboot, I'm going back to the the bat symbol. He just pulls it out of his chest, right? He just pulls out of his chest, Keith. How amazing was that? And it is like a gun he's melted down. That was fucking great. So ten. All right. That means... That Keith gave it a 67. No, I gave I, it a good job, Keith. I thought I gave, gave it a 53. And Patrick, uh, only one point higher than Keith with 68. And the score of the movie is a 188 altogether. Uh, now I'm gonna try and tally these and see what the official ranking is. All right, so the final ranking of our Batman movies that we did in this this list goes as follows. That's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, Goes as follows. This is our breakdown. In last place, we have Batman and Robin with a total score of 53. Uh, Much deserved score of 53. Uh, Next, we have Batman Forever coming in at a total of 109. After that, it looks like uh, we have The Dark Knight Rises at 153. Then we have Batman Begins at 165. 
Just above that, we have Batman 1989 at 175. Then we have the new The Batman totaling in at 188. And uh, one point's different. We have coming in second place, The Dark Knight at 192. Mm-hmm. With Batman Returns as our favorite Batman movie, scientifically at 193. <laughs> scientifically. Indisputably. Uh, yeah. Is there any surprises there as far as like how you thought this would would uh, calculate? I absolutely thought The Dark Knight was just like a given as mm-hmm. as like the number one slot. It almost was. I mean, that was a pretty competitive, pretty competitive number there. And and Patrick definitely surprised me with his ranking of The Dark Knight Rises. Not that I that it's you know wrong, even though it mm-hmm. is. That's great. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he but, definitely had the highest Dark Knight Rises score for sure. Um, I don't yeah, know if that would have played with the ranking too much. It might have. Uh, I, I mean, it was pretty competitive between the Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I thought that it might be uh, uh, more of a showdown between the Dark Knight and the Batman. So I, I am surprised that Batman Returns came in so hot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and number uh, the newest film, The Batman, coming in at number three, sounds about right to me. That, yeah, that feels right. feels correct for me. Is I think our love of Batman Returns um, is very much in our generation, our thing, our age group kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. With and that. I I feel like if you showed that movie to a nineteen year old now, they would look at you with you know like. You know, like literally the euphoria meme, the are you fucking kidding me meme? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they would get it because they didn't like grow up with Tim Burton and like, you know, the, the birth of the comic movie boom and, you know, or even like the comic book versions of of Batman that sort of alluded to that to that style. But uh, yeah, there's yeah, they're spoiled is what you're saying. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, certainly. <laughs> Certainly, uh, the Batman, I think, is um, tonally the most similar to the Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale Batman stuff. I mean, they were they were dipping into that a little bit in the Nolan universe, too, but they really plunge into it um, in this one. And in fact, I want to see and maybe we'll we'll close we'll close out here. What do we want to see in in the next one and uh, in the Matt Reeves verse, or, you know, maybe whoever else jumps into this version of it, uh, the Robert Battinson um, universe. I want to see Robin and I want to see if I want to see Robin be a fucking kid, not a 23 year old ward living with adult Bruce Wayne. Not that there's anything wrong with that. In fact, no, nah, I won't go any further on that. <laughs> Maybe no. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I like the Chris O'Donnell thing back in the time, and it kind of made sense, sort of, and not really. But I want to see them like, especially in a world that feels this hostile. Yeah, throw in a 12-year-old and see Bring how well he's soldiers in. That's what I'm under. That's <laughs> yeah. my Batman. I'm serious. And maybe 
and maybe that would help to balance the Bruce Wayne Batman thing because now he's not just putting himself in danger. He's also he's also you uh, responsible for somebody else. So maybe he starts to stop letting himself slide so much into the shadows that he has to like you know have this other person involved so yeah i want to see them do robin i want to see them do him right and i want it to feel of a piece with the world they created but i also don't want them to dark knight rises him where it's just some cop until the end and then it's like oh by the Mm. way did i mention my middle name's robin yeah Mm. Okay, I want to see them inject some levels of of sci-fi and and otherworldliness. You know, we've we've had a grounded Batman for mm-hmm. a long time now, and the problem with a Batman that's too grounded is it limits me, you, huh, huh? It limits you. Well, and for me, when you get a movie like The Dark Knight Rises, it 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 feels jarring. It feels awkward because they're playing with such these high genre things, but with other things that don't necessarily support it. So I would love to see them inject something kind of weird into this new universe. I would love to see like a noir, almost horror take on like a clay face type character or man bat or or uh mr freeze or 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 something now it doesn't mean it has to be full batshit crazy you know i mean like it doesn't have to be but to inject these elements of sci-fi and and otherworldliness uh that we could play with i i think would be really cool and and you know let's meet in the middle somewhere of you know totally big and pulpy and you know, let's try to do a grounded version of, of Mr. Freeze, but give us these comic book elements. Like I'd love to see them take like a real stab at some of that stuff. Patrick. I mean, I think I would like, I, I, I would like to see a updated version of maybe two face. Um, Yeah. Would would be nice, especially with this theme of like, you know, a, a, a white knight reformer, coming in to fix things and then you know gotham's just so bad is it, it just corrupts him and destroys him in, in a worse way because he tried to push back on it like you know gotham's its own kind of thing um I, I tell you who i i did kind of like the performance of it but i i don't wasn't the performance i'd like i loved black mask is probably like my third favorite batman villain mm-hmm. um i would love to have seen like a like a like you know the, all of the, the criminal elements suddenly decide like they have to wear a mask like the bat, right? And then Black Mask would be the guy to do it. And then you know, but I and I also worry how they would get pulled off of like this mind control stuff. But he's such a weird character. He makes a mask out of the coffin of his family. Of his family, like uh, <laughs> like you know, tries to control people's minds. It's such a a Batmany character. But I think uh, Two Face, like an updated Two Face, would probably be what I want to see. Cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, I do um, like the idea of Clayface though, Keith. Yeah, like a noir clay face. Like, you know, again, we could play with some of the detective stuff because I do really like seeing Batman in that world. So I'd like to see, you know, even more of that. But um, I think just, yeah, give us a, a little bit of weird. Yeah, maybe some, a gothic horror take on some of that stuff you definitely could do, especially like something like a man bat. Um, 
Yeah, I and it, I don't feel like this movie is so grounded because there is something about it that's, um, you know, like if you seen Clayface just pop up in the middle of The Dark Knight Rises, you'd be like, what? Yeah, right. But in this, I, I feel like it's so drenched in mood and, and you know, weird lighting and stuff that you can kind of make it work. You just have to really justify it in the screenplay. Yeah. And, and you got to you got to bring the character to that world, you know, like you mm-hmm. can't right. just be full CGI mess because that would suck, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, however they end up doing it, it's the way they do it. But um, yeah, but yeah, we'll see. I'm I am open to possibilities and I in, I endorse this take of Batman. Um, All right, Cassidy, this episode's gone on long enough. (laughs) Yes, it has. We're going to close there. If you've hung out with us till the end, uh, we appreciate it. This might be one you uh, you uh, listen to over the course of a couple sittings. Uh, Episode back off. (laughs) Episode 100 jumbo episode. Uh, Patrick, uh, before we say our things, where can people find you? Talk about your podcast. You know, plug very brief, plug away. Uh, the new venture, the new venture is with Andy Smith, formerly of the Smith Signal, and then of a bunch of other independent ventures, which he should put back up, like his Outrage series, which I thought was really good, where he interviewed the producers of Batman 1989. I said, Andy, why is that not back up there? And he said, Ah, anyone put it back up there? <laughs> but uh, Andy and I, um, each week take a single topic. This uh, season, last season, it was uh, started with vampires. It went to regional accents. Uh, we talked about man versus nature. Uh, whatever we thought was an interesting thing that we talk about uh, normally that I talked to Andy about on my Skype calls with him during COVID lockdown uh, before. And we come in, the idea of the show is ill-informed and we leave misinformed. Or sometimes the other way around. We come in misinformed and leave you, the audience, ill-informed. We're like, you know, it's a very Wikipedia postulating. Uh, hopefully we get the, the the meat of the topic. But the idea is take a singular topic. Uh, we talk about it. We give whatever sides of, of the coin we think best on it. Uh, and then Andy drops in some pretty good clips and sound effects and stuff. Sometimes I send some along that, that I think it will, would fit into it. And it produces to like a 45-minute to an hour show. All right. And what is the name of the show? Oh, the name of the show is Consume Us. All one word, Consume Us. And Cassie has sent in like three voicemails. We have two other voicemails. <laughs> uh, we were going to do that as a send off for season one, but we realized adding another uh, call in show would be good for season two. We have like six built up. So we're going to use those next, this season coming up. All right, cool. And what's, uh, what's the best way to find you on social media? Uh, that's difficult to do. I, I, I gave Twitter <laughs> over, over to Andy cause I didn't tweet anything out cause I had a baby. Uh, and I gave up on doing it and then I moved uh, as well. Uh, so if you check out, uh, at consume us, uh, pod, I don't even know if that's what it is. We're on Twitter. Look at consume us. Uh, uh, just, you know what, honestly go into Google right now and type in consume us podcast and you'll find the show. That usually works. That's how I say. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, and if anybody has anything to say about any of the things we talked about in this episode, we talked about a lot of things. Um, you are welcome to give us your feedback as well um, at our email at mcguffinpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at mcguffinpod. Um, you can follow me individually at VC Cassidy on Twitter and Instagram. 
and you can uh, read my reviews. I have the Batman review recently put up uh, by Googling Idaho State Journal Arts and Entertainment. That'll take you to the section of the website where they have put the reviews. And uh, be sure to read the other articles and reviews written by the rest of the MacGuffin staff over in Seattle. We just had on uh, the editor of the MacGuffin, the last episode we did, uh, Alan, he helped me uh, review Kimmy, uh, HBO's Kimmy, also starring Zoe Kravitz. It's a good episode. Go back and listen to that and check out all of his reviews because he's writing a bunch of them over at MacGuff.in. Keith. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Keith Foster Kid. I also have an art account on Instagram at Sticky Note Aesthetic, uh, where I draw stupid shit. Um, <laughs> where he's you know, making new NFTs every day. Oh, oh fuck no. you. No, I'm not. <laughs> We're, no. Uh, under his new account k friends uh uh, don't get me started on (laughs) nft we've already been going for four hours um uh also uh as we as i mentioned the top of the podcast uh i haven't been recording episodes lately because i've been in rehearsals for a show that you can go see you can check out murder on the orient express uh if you live in san diego or just want to come visit you can it's at the coronado playhouse we are running until april 16th every thursday through saturday at 8 p.m and uh sundays we're doing matinee performance at 2 p.m there's no performance on easter sunday uh and if you're interested in that you can get tickets at coronadoplayhouse.org already been getting good reviews the set design i think is really cool for community theater uh it's yeah it's it's really well done um what character are you so they know to look out for you (laughs) uh i'm not like a huge character or anything i am uh michelle the train conductor so okay good to Uh, know yeah and if it does really well and everyone keeps going he will return as the same character for their take on the death on the nile sure Uh, sure that I just made up. Okay, Patrick, thank you for staying with us as long as you did in Detroit, Michigan time. And uh, obviously, you're welcome back anytime. And thank everybody for listening to this. If you did, that is the podcast. <laughs>